1: Guilty on five of six counts, and I'm really confused as to how they didn't find him guilty on the sixth count, but uh, they didn't. Either way, I guess each charge carries a maximum penalty of three years in prison, which will never happen. I mean, come on. They're going to be like, "Jesse Smollett, you owe the court $50, and that's going to be the end of it. No, probably not. I think he might get a heavy fine and probation, but we'll see. We got a lot to break down. We've got uh, um. We've got some some great tweets to bring up from the president and the vice president about how they were supporting this man and how many were. So we'll get into all that stuff with Justice Smollett. He's saying he will be filing an appeal, which is the most insane thing I've ever heard, considering how stupid his defense was. And we all expected this to happen. And then it did. We also got a bunch of other crazy news. The prime minister of Finland went out clubbing. He wasn't answering her phone. We've got this one uh, is this one blew my mind. Joe Biden, the Biden administration is effectively telling Ukraine to surrender their eastern front to russian backed separatists to just give them autonomy in the region to some degree and this is biden basically saying putin you've won we're giving you we're waving that we've waved the sanctions on the gas pipeline we don't got anything else here and this one's a little tough cuz in my opinion we i agree with tucker when he said why do we care about ukraine's border he's right so if this avoids war why should i care about ukraine and if joe biden doesn't <sighs> But my concern is, like with Afghanistan, he's blundering our foreign policy worse than it should be. I mean, getting out of Afghanistan was the right thing to do, but not the way he did it. Hmm. So we're going to get into all that. And joining us today is Jan Ikelek of the Epoch Times. Do you want to introduce yourself?
3: Uh Really great to be on the show here. Um, yeah, I'm a senior editor with Epoch Times. I, I host American thought leaders on Epoch TV on our streaming platform and on NTD now on cable, 23 million cable households. That's pretty yeah. awesome. I'm kind of sh- shocked to be on there a bit. <laughs> um, no, and we, we, we've, been bringing on some pretty pretty interesting people, especially lately. A lot of people that are, you know, basically talking honestly about the scientists. that are talking honestly about the realities of coronavirus and the policies and everything else. So,
1: right on. Cool, man. Yeah.
3: Well, glad to have you. We got Luke here as
4: well. Teraz mamy dwa na programie tutaj. To to znaczy, że to program pod naszą kontrolą. I if you want to support me, you can go the best political shirt oh my God. <laughs> i możesz kupić takie koszulki, takie, co ja teraz noszę teraz, co tutaj czyta the great resist, they will own nobody and they will be unhappy can, Jan, tylko can we get a translation? Ty, ty musisz tą koszulkę wzi- kupić na thebestpoliticalshirts.com bo jak nie będziesz kupić, ja tutaj nie będę siedział, no to ci teraz prawdę mówię, Jan, bardzo dobrze tutaj jesteś
3: Ale ile, ale jesteś. ile ty, ty masz Polaków, którzy słuchają? Powiedz mi, nie szczerze no?
1: Niech słyszą, słyszą tylko I don't think you need a translation. Amazing. I think it's pretty clear what he wants to get across, right?
3: I'm getting
1: <laughs> it. I can translate this. I can translate P- this. He said, I need to make money. <laughs> Buy my t-shirts, please. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 He's
4: the hippie. Yeah.
5: <laughs> he said, "Dirty hippie." Actually, oh you oh hippie. That's, a <laughs> That's a compliment. I wanted to confirm that it is both epoch times and and epoch times, depending on if you're uh, uh, American English, British English. You say ep- ep- epoch because so they don't mix up and think it's epic. E P I C. That's right. But it's E P O C H. So
3: I'm kind of of the school. I'm trying to bring in everyone over to EPOCH, 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 right? Because you, you can, it's phonetic. You can mm-hmm. hear it. I like it. Yeah. Well, I'm Ian Crossland. Happy to be
5: here. IanCrossland.net. What up?
6: I'm also here getting my language lesson in Polish tonight. We only need Jack Pasoba here to complete the trifecta of Polish dude, so that would be fun. Maybe next time.
4: He doesn't speak Polish, though.
6: He doesn't.
1: No, no he speaks Mandarin. No, but oh, he speaks right. Mandarin. Yeah. It's yeah. pretty impressive,
4: pretty good, actually. Yeah. yeah.
1: Good. Don't forget. Go to Timcast.com. Become a member. Look at this. We got a big old breaking story on the front page, Justice Millette Found Guilty, written by <gasps> Tim Poole. Pool. <gasps> uh, there should be an, extra, an additional byline credit for Chris Carr, who's oh, our yeah. executive editor, who really filled it out. I just got it started. But when you are a member, you're helping support our team of journalists so we can break the news, we can report on a variety of issues. Not all of it is – we're trying to avoid playing the stupid rage bait. And I'll tell you guys something. I'll be the first to admit it. We had an article up about this shopping Karen – who accused a black man of stealing her cell phone. We had a couple comments saying like, what is this, you know, race bait, rage bait garbage? And I saw it and I talked to the team and I was like, Hey guys, I think this is a little low brow. We should be sticking to good journalism. So we decided to take it down. Full disclosure. Mm-hmm. That is an editorial note. We we're telling you right on the show. We strive to be the best of the best because we are beholden just to you guys as members. We're not trying to chase clicks. We're just trying to make sure when you're a member, you get access to good, well-researched, and fact-checked information. But you're also going to get members-only segments from the TimCast IRL podcast. We will have that up for you around 11 p.m. tonight. So again, that's timcast.com. Some people have been asking about how to send to become a member, and they've been accidentally joining the, the YouTube membership, but it has, it is at TimCast.com. That's where I'm going to go. Don't forget to like this video, subscribe to this channel, share this show with all your friends. Let's get into the big breaking news, my friends. Ladies and gentlemen, from TimCast.com, Jussie Smollett found guilty on first five counts of felony disorderly conduct, not guilty on count six. Former Empire actor has been found guilty. Deliberations lasted just over nine hours, with the jury delivering the verdict Thursday evening around 6.15 p.m. Smollett was acquitted on count six of felony disorderly conduct, which refers to the defendant reporting to Detective Robert Graves on February 14th, 2019, about two weeks after the incident, that he'd been the victim of an aggravated robbery. All other charges were related to the events that took place on January 29th, 2019. As it stands. Judge James Lynn will have the discretion in imposing a concurrent or consecutive sentence for Smollett on each count at a later date. A disorderly conduct charge for false crime report is a class four felony, which means it is punishable by up to three years in prison and a $25,000 fine. Smollett took the stand and testified before the jury that he never lied to the police and denied orchestrating the attack on himself. However, it goes a little bit beyond just that. Um, According to one report we covered the other day, the prosecutor in the closing arguments accused Smollett of perjury. Mm-hmm. Many different news outlets and, and columnists said sure does look like Smollett just perjured himself. So he may try to get out of this one somehow. He's going to try and appeal, but he could get charged with perjury now. Now, as for a prison time, I don't know what do you guys, I don't, I don't think it'll happen. I think he's going to get a slap on the wrist. They're going to be like, we've got too many political allies. He's super wealthy. What he'll pay a fine. And then he's disgraced. Is that, is that all we, we're going to get out of this? Or, or we cross our fingers, and hope he goes to jail.
3: Well, I mean, was anyone concerned that, you know, I saw that, for example, BLM came out with a statement basically saying, you know, we, we support his position here, mm-hmm. which I thought was fascinating because this is, you know, I, I still remember the police chief, you know, coming out and saying, you know, we spent 200 hours on chase, on this wild goose chase. This is, this is a, You know, horrible. We can't, we can't do this, right? This is, you never see police chiefs coming out and sort of, you know, basically saying this, this guy's guilty, et cetera, et cetera. You just, you just don't see it. It was so open and shut. And how, where, what did the prosecution, what were they thinking Hmm. putting together this, uh, particular, yeah, uh, sorry. The defense. I mean, what, oh, what, yeah. what was the defense did, thinking, putting together this? Did defense? you but,
1: Did you see their their defense? Did you see what they tried to do? Yeah, like hmm. accuse the judge of lunging at you, <laughs> then demand a mistrial, then demand a mistrial over not being allowed to cross examine properly, which was bunk, and then, and then nearly crying yes. <laughs> and running out of the courtroom with your mother that 's quite literally what the defense one of the defense lawyers for Smolette did yeah.
4: the, the BLM comment is is big that you mentioned earlier because it was a BLM leader, Molina uh, Abdullah, who said that Black Lives Matter stands in solidarity solidarity with Juicy Smolette hmm. because we could never believe the police. Uh, now, I, I believe also Blair White had a very interesting comment about this. She said, poor Smuley. I hope he doesn't beat himself up over this, uh, which I thought <laughs> oh was, was very fitting. Uh-huh. There's also a lot of jokes about the, the juice a being squeezed. But, uh, you know, this sends a message to a lot of people. If you try to divide this country, if you fake a hate crime, there's going to be some ramifications for it. What are those ramifications? Is he going to get uh, probation? Is he going to have to pay a heavy fine? Is he going to go to jail? Uh, well, we're only Maybe. going to see because I think that's up for the judge to decide, not the prosecutor, right?
1: Yeah, it's it's. It, well, I don't know if it's the judge. I believe the judge will 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 issue sentencing. It's not going to be the prosecutor. Yeah. But um, whether he goes to jail will be interesting. So he's got five felony counts. I believe they're five felony counts, each with three years. And the judge could be like, "That's fifteen years, buddy." Hmm. I really doubt that. I. But I, so, but yeah. some people are saying it might be a year. I mean, it's a felony, so they might be like. Look, so typically when you're convicted of a misdemeanor, they have a, a a jail sentence, not a prison sentence of up to one year. So I don't know how it works outside of Illinois, but I can say in Illinois, my understanding, it's been a long time since since I was, was studying this stuff, is that if you commit a misdemeanor, they can at most put you in jail for 364 days. That would mm-hmm. be like Cook County Jail, not a prison, not a state mm-hmm. penitentiary. But once you cross that threshold into a year, they move you to one of the like, you know, maximum security prisons or state prisons and that's where things are really bad like really bad so smollett i think if he's gonna go to jail it's gonna be a year isn't it
6: yeah but it won't be like a maximum security thing i'm sure right even though it's technically a felony i don't know anything i don't
1: know this a, but... this is a violent I, I mean how would you classify this i mean it's, it's it's a class four felony so it's the weakest of felonies right and he didn't like beat an old lady or anything like that right but it's not a white collar crime True. it's not like they're gonna put him in a golf resort
3: well,
1: In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
6: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law.
1: 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: <laughs> the police are needed in Chicago. You know, the police are needed in this city. You know, and, and this is like, I think they said 200 hours that were used to basically, you know, follow wild goose chase. That mm-hmm. was not that that, that 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 is a terrible, terrible thing for a city yeah. with that level of crime.
4: I would argue that they're doing a very poor job because of the high level of crime, because yeah. of how the government uh, has been implementing policy theirs. I mean the district attorney in Chicago is Kim Fox she went out of her way to make sure that Juicy Smollett wasn't facing any charges at all. She was clearly a huge conflict of interest since she was friends with him, friends with the Obamas, friends with a lot of of highly uh, connected people. So I bet on appeal there's going to be a lot of finagling. I think there's going to be more to this case that are going to surprise the rest of America. Because if you remember, this was a heinous case that motivated the establishment to scream out and point out against Trump supporters then say, these are really horrible people. This is the example that we need to stand on. We need to make sure that this never happens again. And then poof, we all found out that it was all a hoax,
1: all made up. I want to pull up. We we did briefly pull up the Black Lives Matter statement. We have it here from their website, December 7th, statement regarding the ongoing trial of Jesse Smollett. They say... I'm not going to read the whole thing, but Hmm. in our commitment to abolition, we can never believe police, especially the Chicago Police Department over Jesse Smollett, a black man who has been courageously present, visible and vocal in the struggle for black freedom. While policing at large is an irredeemable institution, CPD is notorious for its long and deep history of corruption, racism and brutality. Now, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, here's the here's the challenge I face. But I think the decision is still simple. Uh. Being from Chicago, which people like to point out in the chat, I say a lot, but I don't really think I said that often, but I'm from there and I've dealt with bad cops. I've had cops screw with me. And as much as I have issues with like the black site, they were operating. That's where they were secretly taking people and detaining them. They've done to activists. I have seen there, there was one viral moment in Chicago where a meter maid gave a cop a ticket so he like grabbed her by the neck and slammed yeah, her and yeah. lifted her up against the wall. There was another video where a bunch of off duty cops beat the crap out of a bartender. So I've seen the bad cops in Chicago. And with all that I've experienced, when I saw this story, I said, the cops are telling the truth. Right. Like Justice Smollett's story is so stupid.
5: And dangerous. For, it's really dangerous but, for.
1: But, it was, it was a smear against half the country and the president. And it rallied a bunch of people into believing this crackpot BS about Trump. That bothers me. If we're going to have a conversation about what's true, we need to sit down. I've sat down at many, many dinner tables with Trump supporters, and we've had great conversations on racism in this country. And you'd be surprised how many of them are like, yeah, I understand that. But these people want to tell you. I, I mean, actually, maybe none of us here would be surprised. They'd be like, Oh, yeah, we get it. But these people want you to believe they're all demon, white supremacist, evil, MAGA country lurking around. Black Lives Matter. This statement is so insane. Come on. Like, th- 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 i I'm surprised. They were willing to do something so dumb. And that is with respect to understanding the problems in the Chicago Police Department.
6: I don't know how you can possibly say something like you can never believe a given set of people and expect people to take you seriously. That's clearly so purely ideologically motivated. Why would anyone take anything you have to say with any degree of seriousness? Yes. Just broad brushing an entire
5: group. It was same with believe all women. I Mm -hmm. thought that's so ridiculous because some women lie. And when they do, you don't want to believe them. And sometimes you do want to believe the police because they tell you the truth. So yeah. all this hyperbole well, and extremity is, like, just I'll, I'll, devastating.
1: I'll, I'll say this. Like, you know, I, I mentioned this half-jokingly. I'm like, what if it turns out, you know, uh, Smuts telling the truth? Yeah. Well, now he's been convicted by a jury of his peers, so he's guilty. He did it. Right. Um. Well, you know, we'll see what happens with appeal, perhaps. People can be evicted. But I just – I think his story outright was just the stupidest thing anyone had ever heard. Laughably bad. But – Maybe, you know, during the trial, I'm like, maybe there's a chance that the Osun brothers actually are sophisticated criminals who set them all up. That's why I kept saying, innocent until proven guilty, and- although I think we've, we, 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 reasonably believe he's guilty. And secret homophobes and white supremacists yes. at the same time. So,
4: and, if pale gonna, skin. Yeah. and pale skin. And that. pale skin. Or uh, MAGA hats. Yeah, light skin. But, but again, we also have to remember, charges were initially dropped against Smoulet. On March 8th, there was a grand jury indictment. Charges were dropped two weeks later. And then there was an outrage because of that. And that's when the Chicago police chief decided to make statements against this. And that's why they called it a quote, whitewash of justice. Uh, Particular w- <laughs> interesting words chosen there uh, for this particular incident. But uh, Kim Fox, this whole time, was saying that the charges were excessive. She, of course, is heavily connected. She did recuse herself from originally charging uh, Jose Smollett. So obviously, on the appeal, I would look out for more finagling, uh, more political intervention during this case, because this was political from the very beginning. We saw Kamala Harris get involved in this. We saw Joe Biden get involved in this, and they were using this for their own political power.
1: Yep. It, this is a long trend. There's a, there's, there's a book about hate crime hoaxes. Mm-hmm. There's a website tracking hate, cr- hate crime hoaxes. It's and Justin Smollett was just capitalizing off of what we had already seen.
5: Mega dangerous. Like, it, it, it was, it is stupid what he did, but it, it's so dangerous. Not only did he waste cops' time, like you were saying earlier, what, 100 hours of, either 200. that's 200, either that's Jeez. 200 man hours or 200 hours of like patrol groups of cops going out. I don't know. 200 man hours. Let's say that's at 40 bucks an hour. You know, what was no, that eighty thousand dollars, twenty an bucks an hour, somewhere fifty to eighty thousand dollars? have wasted. Just an hourly wages is wasted. So he should pay all that back. Now oh, they're suing him for it. When it comes yeah. to Go punishment, ahead. Ahead. throwing a guy in jail for ten years, I don't know, but allowing a high-profile person to fake a
1: hate crime is super dangerous. We cannot let people do
5: that in society.
1: We do. We do have an update here from the Associated Press as well. From just a few minutes before the show started, Smollett attorney says ex-Empire actor will appeal the verdict. Justice Smollett's defense attorney said Thursday he will appeal the former Empire actor's conviction for lying to police about the, 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 being the victim of a racist anti-gay attack. A jury found Smollett guilty, this we now know. After the verdict was read, Ooch told reporters Smollett was disappointed and that he's 100% innocent. He said Smollett's team is confident he's going to be cleared of all, all accusations on all charges. At a certain point, I just have to say, dude, guy, Give it up, man. Dude, man apologize. <laughs> just he, he, If he had come out and said, look, I was just trying to bring attention to you know racism and I thought people weren't listening and it was stupid. I'd have still been like, screw this guy. You know what I mean? But a lot of people probably would have been like, all right, all right. He fessed up. He admitted it. And my response typically is, okay, here's what I'll do. If you come out, admit it and apologize, I will give you a second chance. You know why? If you don't, their only option is to go the other direction. So if Smollett does something bad and everyone hates him for it and then he comes out and says, yo, I shouldn't have done that. It was a huge mistake. I'll say, all right, bro. I'm cool with it. I'm cool with that. Never do it again, and we're good. Because I want you to keep walking towards the light and away from the darkness. Yeah. Mm. If you if you attack him for it and say screw you, I'll never forgive you. He'll be like darkness. It is. And we mm. don't want any of that.
4: If I was working for Smoulette and I was a part of his PR team, I would have been like, okay, we're bringing the Bloods and the Crips together. We're bringing the Trump supporters and BLM together. We're going to use this opportunity to see what we have in common with each other, and we're going to have a sit down mm. and we're going to uh, work our differences out, and actually show that we could be civilized, humane throughout all of this, and not let political discourse ruin our humanity. That's what I would have been doing. Uh, but uh, that's that's too
3: that, that would help too much people. I think. Here's what concerns me. Okay, and this is why, like, I was actually worried that it might be, you know, it might be a clean, innocent verdict, right? Because the people that are running black the Black Lives Matter organization, they subscribe to a very particular kind of ideology. I mean, John McWhorter in you know, he documents this, uh, yes. the Columbia professor. And woke racism, his new book, um, that he, he sees it as a religion, right? I agree. And the idea yeah, is, correct. right, that their perspective on innocent is because of who he is, he's innocent. It doesn't actually matter what he did, right? right? And this is, this is, this is a really disturbing way to think about the world, right? When you, when you, when you really think about it, right? And then of course, other people will be structurally innocent. Some people are structurally innocent. Some people are structurally guil- structurally gu- guilty and you know, you don't. This is why, like, you you're, you asked earlier. You said, "Hey, well, this is this doesn't make any sense." But okay. to people that are real believers, right, in the yep. uh,
5: the elect, as John McQuarter calls them, they actually they they think it works that way. Kind of makes me think of had, Christianity had, and how, like, if you accept Christ into your heart, you go to heaven, and if you don't, you go to hell. I always never got that. It's like so. It doesn't either. I I just like get, I, I'm in the club or I'm not in the club. It doesn't matter what I do. That doesn't make any sense to me. So it sounds like Black Lives Matter has adopted that mentality. Well, there's no
4: forgiveness in their cult. Yeah. As you brought up very eloquently, when you are wrong, where you, when you are the, the person that's deemed someone is evil, someone who is institutionally hurting people, there's no coming back from it. Even if you apologize, you even get attacked by them even
1: more. And this is, and apologies are an admission of guilt. So this nope. is the problem. I don't know if everybody agrees with me on forgiveness. But I think you have to have that forgiveness. It has to there has to be the capability for someone to come back to the light. They don't. And that means we on the side of forgiveness and understanding and logic and reason are at a huge advantage there. And there's, there's pros and cons, I suppose, but they're willing to burn it all down. Let me let me pull up these tweets we have from uh, uh, Defiant L's. Oh, yes. We have Joe Biden on one on January 29th, 2019 at 831 p.m. I mean, this is basically like the day the news came out that he, that he did this. Joe Biden, without looking into anything, says, What happened today to Jesse Smollett must never be tolerated in this country. We must stand up and demand that we no longer give this hate safe harbor. That homophobia and racism have no place on our streets and or in our hearts. We are with you, Jesse. And then they attach this one. New York Post, Jesse Smollett guilty of staging race-baiting <laughs> a hate attack to boost career. Yes. Then we get Kamala Harris. She said, Jesse Smollett is one of the kindest, most gentle human beings I know. I'm praying for his quick recovery. This was an attempted modern day lynching. Ugh. No one should have to fear for their life because of their sexuality or color of their skin. We must confront this hate. And then Josh Kaplan jury finds actor Smollett guilty on five counts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get it. Uh-huh. So I'll, I'll say this: I would be willing to forgive some people, but probably not Jesse Smollett. Why? Because he is a notorious cult leader among this this non theistic religion. I, that's probably not even fair to say. It's a cult. I would not be forgiving Kamala Harris or Joe Biden because at a certain point, it's like, look, if you do something bad and then you get caught and you fess up and say, I shouldn't have done that. It was wrong of me, but I thought it was a path to to wealth and fame. And, and you know, now that I got caught and it's threatening to me, I'm like, I'm going to try and stay away from that stuff. I'll be like, hey, look at that. That's honesty, right? Yeah. Kamala Harris, man, how often does she lie? How about when Kamala Harris tried keeping people in prison, denying them parole so she can use them as slave labor to fight wildfires? There's not a person I'm going to forgive because these people are evil. Joe Biden, too.
4: Her staff is also resigning in record numbers, saying Mm. that she's scolding them to the level where it's bringing on PTSD for many people within her office. People are just scared of her uh and there was this one tweet from this one poor worker <laughs> inside of the white oh house gosh. saying hey for the record i work for kamala and and everything's great and it looked almost like the exact version <laughs> of that cartoon <laughs> with fire all over him saying everything is fine <laughs> it was absolutely incredible uh but but you know these are the people that that we're dealing with people who are hard headed people who believe in themselves people who no matter what will
1: do anything for power and that's exactly the game that but they're in let's be fair too are the people who are quitting kamala harris's uh you know, administration already would call it because she's mean. Are they millennials? Um it, I'm, I'm not sure. I they have to are. Have to see exactly the four staff members
4: that left because there's other complaints from inside. So it has to be a broad range. It can't just be young millennials.
1: Um I, I think that would be an important factor here because I'm wondering how much of this is the coddling of the, the American mind. Is Indeed, that it, yes. You know, you've got these young people who are like, Kamala came in and she was upset that I accidentally put the wrong cream in her coffee. And Kamala's like. Oh, hey, I asked for a two cream. Could you get it fixed for me? And she went, oh, and like just freaked out. And I, you fair. think I'm exaggerating too, but these people claim microaggressions are violence and stuff like that. So for all we know, Kamala is doing something like, excuse me, I told you to bring the packet upstairs. Could you please get it done? And they freak out and they're like, I can't work here.
6: So, based on the fact that she literally kept people in prison for longer so they could fight fires, for <laughs> when on she dollars. knew they were innocent, exactly. No, well,
1: not 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 mixing two stories. Just, I'll make sure we're very oh, careful. Yeah, okay, yeah. There were people who were who were um, about to be released on parole, and her office argued they should stay so they could be used as slave labor. There was another individual she knew was innocent, and they tried withholding the evidence to stop them from getting released. Mm. I believe I, – I could be wrong about that last one.
4: There's another Fox News story that says Kamala Harris staffers leaving White House in part because they fear being labeled Harris person Ooh. report. <laughs> this is a <laughs> Yeah, that's so funny. that's, uh, other articles out there. But, the the ones that I saw was scaring people, scolding them, destroying their souls, uh, which w- would make sense from a state prosecutor that has been absolutely ruthless throughout her entire career and literally knowingly, uh, put innocent people behind, uh, bars. So. I think there's, but, that.
3: you know, there's still an opportunity, you know, you, uh, Tim, you talk about, you know, this opportunity for redemption, forgiveness. This is an incredibly important feature. And you're very right to say, by the way, that this is absent in the, in the, you know, woke ideology or woke religion. But, um, you know, perhaps they, c- both, both the president and the vice president can, you know, see, seeing this ver- guilty verdict and say, Hey,
1: look, we were wrong. They're you not right? going to do that though. I mean, come on. It's the weird, it's the weirdest thing that, um, it's not the weirdest thing. It's just, it's, it's frustrating that something can happen with someone on the right and the people on the right will throw them out the window in two seconds. You know, um, like, like, if you look at what happened with, um, the George Floyd incident, every single person in the country immediately jumps on board. And admittedly, so did I. I was like, that was wrong. We watched what happened. Didn't look good. And then later we start getting more and more details and we're like, okay, so it was kind of a bad situation, but it wasn't as cut and dry as we, as we initially thought.
2: Just go to ramp.com slash easy ramp.com slash easy ramp.com slash easy cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. The left doesn't do that.
1: I mean, we, we had that poll yesterday from Axios that young Democrats are substantially more intolerant than young Republicans. So this is this is this is a recurring trend that is setting freedom loving individuals at a disadvantage. We're willing to forgive. We're willing to be tolerant. But the establishment liberal types, democrat types, they're not. Jussie Smollett comes out, they jump up and they scream all to high heavens and demand. And what do conservatives do? Well, not all of them, but enough of them will be like, we should recognize this was bad, we'll see how it plays out. How do, how, how do, how do we function if they're willing to lie, cheat, and steal? And then, and then I'll throw it to Waukesha. Hmm. When, when a car, an SUV commits this atrocity, Crazy. because hmm. it gained sentience, yeah. and somehow yeah. decided to take these, you know, it was just, like, destroy all humans, you know, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> but when we get a man with, with black nationalist sentiment on Facebook and support for Black Lives Matter, and he commits this atrocity, the media drops the story overnight. Yet, yeah. rest assured, if there's a conservative or right-wing person, it will be non-stop press. Like, we had a guy go to the ice facility. We, we had a hundred days of violent rioting and firebombing of a federal building in Portland. And the media is like, the insurrection was January 6th. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know if it matters to be completely honest. Cause I think people see through it. I, I think you're right. No,
3: actually, I think that's exactly, that's what I was thinking. I think that's the point. I think there's all these people. I mean, I keep talking to people. People keep writing. We get tons of mail at Epoch Times. Uh, for the show, for the whole, for the whole paper and everything, and we have a ton of people that basically say, "I feel politically homeless." I've heard "mugged by reality." I've heard "politically homeless." I've heard, you know, I don't recognize, you know, I I, I, I am a Democrat, but what what's happened, right? Like, I just I just don't I don't get what some some of the people, and then the, and then there's this large group of people that are just kind of afraid to say anything because they'll get attacked in the way that that. That conservatives tend to get attacked, right? So it's 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 interesting. Like we kind of say, you know, Democrats or liberals, but I don't I don't I think it's not as big a group as we think. I, I
1: I used to a few years ago, I actually cared, and I think there's a correlation between when CNN stopped reporting the news and me not caring what these people think anymore to a certain degree. So I, I remember I would, I would have CNN on all the time. Mm. And they'd be reporting the news and then they'd have their stupid anti-Trump stuff. But I was like, you know, whatever. And then one day I noticed they weren't reporting major news. It was like protests in Iran or something. And so I changed the channel. And then from that point on, more and more, you turn on CNN and it would be a panel about Trump, a panel about Trump. And I was like, there's no news here. And so it wasn't this, this, it wasn't this, uh, um, conscious decision where I was like, CNN has lost the plot. It was kind of like, I'm looking for the news about this big event. I can't watch CNN. So at that at that point I'm I'm getting to, I'm getting to the point where I'm like people who watch this are detached from reality. But that brought me to a point where I was like I need to inform people what's true and what's not true because CNN is lying and MSNBC is lying. Now I'm at the point where I'm pretty sure nobody believes them. I mean, the people who do may be too far gone or lost or whatever. They're still worth talking to and trying to communicate with. Hey, share this video, maybe you can you can help reach some of them. But it's 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 funny like when I'm on Twitter and I see some of the things these people tweet and it's just laughably false stuff wrong 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 and at a certain point i'm like what do you even say to someone who believes the opposite of reality they believe you believe the opposite of reality but clearly we don't
4: i i don't know and you're not even you're not even being hyperbolic cnn yeah. has headlines that literally read why inflation can actually be good for everyday <laughs> americans yeah. And bad for rich people. So when you have that level of kind of inversion of of reality of the truth, I mean, there used to be a point where I used to watch them, and and I just recognize this is extremely bad for your mental health, but they used to be somewhat okay, especially when it came to breaking news and it wasn't that overt, but it came to a point where it's disgusting. It's like it's just like you take nasty food and you want to throw it up. My mind is wanting to throw up every time I put on <laughs> CNN because it's it's just so disingenuous and it's so disrespectful for any intelligent person that's even paying a little bit of attention to what's going on to understand that what they're saying is absolutely delusional
3: and crazy. Well, you know, to your, to your points, I remember in 2015, I, I had this moment. I've been watching China, basically. for that, that was my focus for years, right? And I'm watching the American media. And there's, by the way, the, the media, You really prop- state propaganda in China, right? It's all sent, kind of centralized. The talking points are spread out. And it just functions a certain way. There's certain patterns. You watch it for a while. You see those patterns. In 2015, I think our media in America went crazy. That's what I saw. Like, I just... Is it 2015? I, 2015. This was, like, basically post kind of Trump announcing his candidacy yep. and this sort of all these narratives starting to build. And these changes, you actually put, put your finger on it, Tim, then. you these changes in how the programming worked, right? And I started watching, and I was like, wait a sec, this is like, this is working like the Chinese media. I'm not talking about CNN specifically, I'm talking about broadly, you know, across many media. And this was the part that was bizarre to me, because over there, there's the Xinhua, you know, propaganda <laughs> agency, basically controlling everything. Who's controlling everything here, right? But somehow everybody knew what the, what the narratives were supposed to be. It was the weirdest thing. And that's where we suddenly, you know, at Epoch Times became weird and odd because we were just doing something different right which was just tr- being truth-seeking right so it, something really changed in in 20, 2015 i it's, think
5: it seemed like they wanted hillary in so bad into the office and then her e- email scandal appeared and the media just kind of this is like okay this is an opportunity to break one of the biggest stories of the 21st century this is huge hillary clinton Ten thousand plus emails of her working with Sidney Blumenthal to get us into Libya, like so much incriminating, and it was like silence because, of, and it was silence, and it was like a coordinated silence. I, I I sensed it too. I just didn't realize I didn't see the correlation between that and Chinese state propaganda. Mm-hmm. What do you think is like the Council on Foreign Relations is related to the coordinating? Like AT and T owns CNN. So, like, at what point are these corporations coming up to, like, a group of, like, six dudes getting together and being like, I'm going to have my media organizations run this story on
1: Tuesday. And like, well, we'll do it on Wednesday. Okay. Well, they they had something called the journo list. So yeah. it's journo-list. Clever. And I was actually on some of these things. These were Facebook communities and email groups where all of the New York media would be in, a, in, a, in an email chain or, a, 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 like, a, a forum. Someone would post news, they would all see it, and then everyone would write it. So this created this weird narrative collusion. I actually think people underestimate how much this turned media into rage bait garbage nonsense mm. and pulled the media class outside of America. So when you have people who only get their news from each other, they're sitting in a room talking to each other. I'll tell you this. Look at uh, Australia. Got a bunch of really weird critters over there, huh? Why? They have endemic species. Because of the separation of land masses, evolution took a different path there versus another place. That's the easiest way to understand what happens to these news organizations. You take a bunch of these journalists, separate them from regular mainstream Americans and put them in a room and they will evolve their, their perspective and narrative dramatically away from where regular Americans are. Now, all of a sudden, you get moderates voting for Donald Trump who are like, I think America should have factories here. I agree with Bernie Sanders on not having the borders wide open. And then all of a sudden they're like, that's far right. Bernie Sanders gets swept up in the same thing. It eventually starts spreading. It goes to social media and then Twitter creates, they they take this weird mutant worldview from these newsrooms Spread it out all over Twitter, and now it's, it's starting to spread everywhere. So, I've actually had this, this conversation with Peter Bogosian, one of the guys who did the so one of the people who did the Sokol squared hoax, where they made those, they took Mein Kampf and then turned it into a feminist journal, and then it got submitted in, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. And his argument was, all of this stuff started in the colleges, and I disagree with that. I believe it started in media and social media. I certainly believe a lot of these ideas, wokeness, critical race theory, and all that stuff did start in colleges. But my argument is it was only when social media and these New York digital uh, publishing firms, blogs, became prominent that these ideas skyrocketed in the LexisNexis mm-hmm. database appearing in the New York Times. And so when people say, yeah, but the ideas originated in universities, I say a lot of ideas are in universities. But this is the only one that expanded out of it. So when you can highlight a handful of academics with crazy ideas, well, there's probably 3,000 more academics with crazy ideas that are not cultural, you know, uh, Marxism or whatever. But when you get these people at at big tech firms, we're on these journalist forums who are manip- using social media algorithms to uh, pump out as many keywords as possible, you get this warped, broken cult. And it's expanding. And the crazy thing is, back in 2012, 2013... When we started seeing Gamergate start, so many people thought these were just creepy weirdos. Now, we, we did a member segment the other day about tulpas and mind alters. People who are, have create, they're, they're suffering from some kind of social psychosis. So these are people who believe they have multiple people in their heads. And they make TikTok videos where they're like, one girl's like, I am a doll. I forget to breathe and like these really weird behaviors. They are, it's a social contagion that's emerging from this, and we're watching it happen in real time. That's not out of universities. That's from what the media is doing, and, and, and journalists are wrapped up in it all the same. So where
5: you're saying the Chinese top-down, was it the, what'd you call the? Xinhua. Xinhua organization is coordinating the media, that you think that there's more of an emergent phenomenon as well, where like people are saying, hey, that worked on, on CNN, let's run it on Fox. Hey, that worked on MSNBC, let's run it. Although there might be a, a group of like top down oligarchs also doing it, we don't have any evidence that, for it. That
3: was my conclusion. Well, I think there's certain opinion leaders. Okay, definitely, there's. Def- I mean, you know, there was a time when you know basically the New York Times set the the news agenda for the day, and everyone just looked at it. And the New York Times, I mean, talk to anyone that worked in those newsrooms; they were aware of the fact that that was their job and that was their. They're they're right, you know, to to kind of do that, right? Of course, that uh, the the whole sort of explosion of blogs and everything took that away from them, or at least to some extent, right?
0: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?
1: Well, so, so, um, I have talked about this quite a bit, but I'll just try to make it quick. When you share an article with, you know, Kamala Harris in the headline, people who are interested in Kamala Harris are fed that through the algorithm. If you have a headline that says Kamala Harris, Jesse Smollett, now you're getting both groups, group X and group Y, the Mm Jesse Smollett fans and the Kamala fans, and it becomes exponential. So what happened was in the, in the late 2000s, early 2010s, these blogs, uh, Mike.com is a great example because they were pro-Ron Paul initially. Why? Well, the Ron Paul love revolution was very popular online. But what started working better was anti-police brutality, racism, and general wokeness. Mm. So this is back in 2010 or 11. Mm. They started shifting from a libertarian internet perspective into wokeness, because when you make a headline that says like, Trans women of color fighting for Black Lives Matter against police brutality are the strength against white supremacy or whatever. You have all of those keywords crammed in that headline. Facebook feeds it to way more people. All of a sudden now intersectionality started rising and from that, we end up now in a whole world where our, our co- we have members of Congress who are in this cult who believe things that quite literally make no sense. Yeah.
4: I would argue those who control the algorithms control the minds of the people, and I think that's very evident with a lot of the agenda that has been achieved through manipulation of the perception of everyone's reality. And you could very easily shape that by showing them certain events and denying them other events, talking about certain set of facts, denying other certain amount of facts, having these echo chambers that constantly regard regurgitate the same amount of news to people. So they double down, triple down on their political positions. But I wanted to ask you, uh, Jan, specifically, there's a lot of people talking about what's happening now in reference to the Cultural Revolution in China. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's a fair, accurate uh, depiction? And do you have any examples of how that might be uh, related?
3: Oh, no, absolutely. And that's a fantastic question. I've had a number of people on the show on American Thought Leaders talking about this specifically. One woman named Sheevan Fleet. So she kind of became into prominence in Loudoun County. She was one of those parents that came up and spoke and said, I was actually part of the Cultural Revolution. I was there. Right. And, and so she, it's actually a really thoughtful interview. Right. Because, you know, because people will say, "Well, well, there isn't, you know, mass killings or something like that. Well, that's, that's true. Right. But the way that language was manipulated, right. The way that, uh, the, the, basically, the, the way the censorship works. There's, there's a whole series of, I guess, um, these, the kind of cultural elements, right? That aren't, that don't have to do with the actual killing, compelling people to behave a particular way. Everyone being afraid if I don't join this, this, this sort of performance art, this performative behavior, right? You know, when I look at those, looked at those tweets earlier, I, whenever I see that stuff, I think, you know, these people are basically virtue signaling to their, Base, so to speak. Yes, I'm on board with you. That's really what it says. It's not really saying, I, I think this is true or something like that. And this is all very much exactly from the Cultural Revolution. This is what Shivan Fleet talked about. And what right?
1: about the releasing of criminals? Was that something that occurred in, during the communist takeover? Uh,
3: no, so absolutely. So it's, you know, we have a, we have a series that uh, it's actually very interesting. It's called the nine commentaries on the communist party, right? And it this was written by China, our Chinese edition for Chinese millions of of Chinese have read it. It's a true history of communism in China. One of the chapters that I, I never it, there's a better translation, but originally it was kind of translated. In the first version I I, I saw as we were editing it, "Unleashing the Scum of Society." Okay, mm-hmm. and actually this is what people do in the communist system. They take the people who have you know are a cluster B psychopaths, all this kind of stuff, and you let them loose on society because those are the... you basically let them do their thing and create the chaos yeah. right? and sort of break the system so that you can recreate your utopia after it. It's just yep. part of the game. And, and if
4: you're a capitalist or a landowner or a business owner, they literally put you in the middle of the square, start shaving your head, embarrassing you and try to uh, emasculate you and dehumanize you in front of everyone. One of the scariest parallels when it comes to the cultural revolution that I see now is the centralization of power, the centralization of our economy and the pure mismanagement of just the food industry and the trade industry and i think there's a lot of parallels right now when it comes to the centralization of that here in the united and, states and that are scientism
3: terrifying. and scientism like this idea that there's the science here's the perspective like science is not one perspective it never was never will be right but that's how it's playing out here that's crazy right the, oh yeah
1: the, the trope in our media is typically that doing something for science was viewed as like a negative negative. Mm. You know, there'd be like a mad scientist and he'd be experimenting on someone. And he'd be like, I must do this for science. And it was like a villainous response to why they must carry it out. It was showing you to be inhuman. Now you have people who come out and say the science when they really mean the establishment narrative. Because this science is never settled, it's the weirdest thing for them to say that. I mean, I'm sure you know, no, Galileo. Excuse would
4: uh, Science is Dr. Fauci. Yeah, Tim, uh, please have a correction for our tech overlords, <laughs> and please forgive forgive us. Okay. Fauci is science. Is he, he
3: settled? The, I, he I, I could not. Be, I could not believe that interview. By the way, I just I, I was like you said it more than once. Twice. Yeah.
1: <laughs> he a said he was time. the science twice. <laughs> yeah, he's not. He's a guy. And well, he gets things wrong a lot. But it's just
3: okay. so much not any, I mean, you know, my background, I'm an evolutionary biologist, but that's yeah. my background, right? Like, this, you, you can't say that. That's just nothing to do with <laughs> science, insane. ever,
1: right? Well, let, let's, 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 let's talk about uh, where wokeness brings us and evolutionary biology I think will be interesting for this next conversation. Uh, we have a story from Daily Mail. Trans U-Penn swimmer Leah Thomas complains about loss of muscle and strength due to hormone treatment. And says she's nowhere close to her previous best. Says competing on women's team is fair. Now, I want to say this outright because I think it's important. And I I think it's something you'll typically hear from many of the, you know, post-liberal, disaffected liberals or whatever. And even many conservatives, although not all of them. I I think people should be able to be happy and free and not disparaged for, you know, whatever individual life choices they want to make so long as they're not harming others. This is the instance where um, the transgender sport uh, issue actually does start causing, you know, a degree of harm to others. So if those aren't familiar, this is about a a a a person who's biologically male who is transitioning to be a trans woman named Leah Thomas, who just broke a record in, you know, a swimming competition and defeated the next runner-up by over thirty-eight seconds. Which for people who understand some if you've ever watched like Michael Phelps in the Olympics, that is not just winning. That is like just totally outclassing and just absolutely demolishing everyone else. Now there's there, there's a lot of people. A lot of people are bringing this up in an interview with OutKick, a sports website. An unnamed athlete from, I believe, this is um, what, what, they say, what, uh, UPenn, noted that while Thomas is already breaking school and meet records, she soon may, sh- soon may be shattering world records. There's a few things we can we can I can say here just to get started. If you know the left, if 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 their I- ideology wins then I think the simple argument is we as humans have created these rules for these sporting events. And if we decide to change them, then they change. But that ultimately means there will be no women's sports or I should say there'll be no sports exclusive to females to use, you know, their, their, their language. Or we, uh, I suppose that actually I shouldn't say, or that's it. That's literally the outcome. If we head in that direction, otherwise we have to say outright, there will be male and female distinct divisions but uh, you mentioned you're an evolutionary biologist, so I suppose we can. Well,
3: that, that's my background. I haven't been doing, I haven't done it for 20 years, you know. Oh yeah, but, but yeah. you know,
1: you've got uh, so, some some context yeah. to add in this, into this conversation, I suppose.
3: Yeah. Well, okay. I mean, the, <laughs> I I don't know what else I can say. I mean, there's <laughs> well, there 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 are very very clear. I mean, this is the, this is the, just the biologist's perspective. I think, right? There's just very clear biological differences between men and women that you can't. Get rid of using hormone therapy or frankly surgery or anything. They're, they're, they're foundational differences. And I mean, and this, I I say this with the greatest respect for people who are men that want to be women. And you know, I I leave them to doing, to doing that. Be free, be free. But But, this
1: also means you have to, we have to reconcile other people's rights as well.
3: Absolutely. And I mean, like this, this sort of thing, right? Just on the face of it, it, it's, is it unsayable that they won because they are physically male mm-hmm. right someone pulled up the uh, am I uh, is that okay to say See, that's, a, that's yeah, an interesting question. An you're assumption. canceled how dare right? you have that mean all it's, of these but th- it's it's it what what other explanation is there or are we supposed to believe that somehow this isn't a factor I mean
1: what they'll what they'll end up saying is no not because they're male their genitals had nothing to do with this it has to do with just being taller and having longer arms
6: which is because
1: which is a tendency towards right. you know being male. So the way I the way I framed it on Twitter is just look, if the argument is that uh, from the left that trans women are women, then as far and, and they say like literally like indistinguishable. Well, then it's quite simple. This uh, uh, transgender swimmer has proven women can swim as fast as men. True. And that would mean that all the other women who lost by over thirty eight seconds are just not trying hard enough. Now, actually, I'll I, I, I'll be reasonable on this one to a certain degree. I actually believe that there is a lack of competition in, in some women's sports oh, because sure. there is a lower level of sure. direct competition. So I've actually seen this in skateboarding where mm. there, there are certain female skaters I know who are insanely good at skating. And when I watch them compete, they compete like relaxed, like they're not going to push themselves mm. too hard because they don't have to. And it keeps everything kind of down. So one of the responses I got to this was, well, this actually will drive – Biological females to tr- push harder and and actually break those records, you know. But my response to that is: Is it going to matter if the record's already broken by a trans woman, and then they'll never get anywhere near close to it? Somebody pulled up the uh, uh time that this uh this trans woman the the, the, the swimming swimming times by like different races, and found they were only off by a few seconds, even after a year of of, of transition. In which case. Yeah, it seems like they're still competing at the male level, which apparently they were really good at in the first place. I don't know. Is this an old, a tired subject because we know it? It keeps happening. No, it's, it's insane, completely unfair.
5: Uh, there should be a trans division. Yes. It's, if you have a kid that fails fourth grade ten times, you don't have him compete with fourth graders when he's 18. Right. Come on.
3: And and there's a number of well, at, frankly at, feminists that are calling this out because good. it's it's destroying Turf, them. They call them.
1: Yeah. right. That, that that was a really good point though, Ian. It's a great point. If there's if there's somebody who's you know 13 and they're in eighth grade and they get held back three years and now they're 16 and I have seen this. I have seen people who've been held back three years. You know, now six, a 13 year old to a 16 year old is a big difference. And you're gonna you're gonna make them play basketball against each other?
5: You shouldn't. I don't yeah. Think so I mean, it gets to a point where it's just mechanically it, the sport doesn't function if you if you imbalance it mechanically with with artists or
1: or we, performers that are too strong or weak. We were talking to uh we had Jack Murphy on. We we have him on every other Wednesday, but we had him here a while ago. And we and he was talking about how his kids, you know, want to be you want they want they're athletes and they want to be at the highest level and I, and he was talking about, you know, his daughter or whatever and I was just like I mean, the the future of the Olympics is going to be, uh, trans women. And I'm, not, and I'm not saying that to be disrespectful to anybody. I mean, I think it's just a, that's An objective fact. This, uh, this, this, this young woman from UPenn who spoke out said, the, ag- the aggravated teammate also claimed swimmers have discussed their frustrations with their coach, Mike Schnurr, but he, quote, just really likes winning. I
6: mean,
1: if you're somebody who wants to see your, your team winning, if you get compensation based on how well you do, they're gonna be like, don't know. Don't care. We're going to win.
6: So I suspect what's probably going to happen is we're going to have men's divisions and we're going to have subpar men's divisions. Uh, I suspect that will be the case because um, I feel like the men who aren't quite as good are going to want to go into trans women's divisions or into the women's division because it's going to be easier. I don't, I don't think that. You don't think that? I, Why not? I do not believe but, there are
1: going to be men who are like, I'll take chemicals and alter my entire life just so I can try and get a career in a sport. I do think there are going to be guys um, who are really who are moderately good and eventually want to transition and then find themselves dominating the competition hmm. i I think it 's a leap a lot of people have made that argument that men will chemically castrate themselves to win at basketball i 'm like that 's nuts i don 't believe that for a second. I do believe there are going to be males who are trans who are good at sports or at least you know moderately good or even leaning on the bad side but still maybe ranking. And then when they transition, that'll put them at the higher bracket of the women's division. And I believe, that for a lot of reasons, that would be unfair to biological females. I could
5: see a psycho that wanted to win so bad that they just devastate their body, transition it, yeah. join another league with this ripped male body into a well, female league. That's- I mean,
1: South Park had an episode uh, about that Futurama. I, I was I was eating dinner the other day, and Futura- there's a Futurama episode where Bender gets a robot sex change. So he, hmm. he, he, he competes in the Robot Olympics as a—he's male— in the women's division and then wins all of the gold medals and then in order to pass gender testing gets you know a robot sex change or whatever and the interesting thing is this show i think was made in the early 2000s all of the characters said it's disgusting they said it was gross and disgusting that he was doing it and how dare he but i think they're referring to his cheating right you know but i i i i think you know i'll agree with you guys to a certain to a certain extent that. There may be really awful people oh, for sure. who will exploit this. The bigger issue I see is that there have been transgender athletes who have not undergone any transition. Right. There's literally like a guy and one day he just comes to the coach and says, you know, you know, he, I'm trans. And then they say, okay, you're in the women's division now. So that's why they're trying to set standards for this. They're trying to quantify how it works, but it, it, it doesn't, it, it doesn't.
3: But, but what can the rules be? I mean, do you, there are the rules that you have is your, testosterone level at some. Doing. i mean that that that's fascinating in itself it can how can you do that what kind you know what this is this is this is a fun, fundamental human rights question in my yeah. mind i mean these are i,
1: I think the end um, result is that there will fun there will be functionally no female sporting events right
5: what about if we have male run. female and then genderless i think that'll work
1: yeah, there. Someone uh, pointed this out on Twitter. They're like, "What do you call it then when men and women on the same team?" I'm like, "They're called mixed teams." Like they actually bring this up. Apparently, there's like some commission or whatever that oversees the the racing or whatever said that if this if the individual who's trans is competing but hasn't been a year on hormone therapy, then the team is classified as a mixed team, and so they'll race against a comp, a mixture of males and females. Hmm. But this team is just competing against you know straight females. It's, you know what the craziest thing to me is there's is a transgender scientist who's also a marathon runner who actually did a study and a report about male testosterone uh, about male muscular and, and and bone density benefits well after transition who said that yeah even few years after transition like the advantages persist this is a trans athlete saying this it's strange to me that there are individuals who don't recognize that it's unfair you know what i mean yeah, like, the,
3: it's just what you would. I mean, they did the study. That's fantastic. It's also kind of what you would expect. Like you would have to really do the study to demonstrate that it's not the case, right? But that it's fascinating. I mean,
1: I don't know. I do guess you, this is just another part of we have got two distinct worldviews in this country, and this one is the left, and the right doesn't see it. But all that matters, I guess, where the kids go, where where the the next generation will be, and I don't know. Why no. did,
5: why do we make women's sports to begin with? Was it so that women had a like a place where they could compete gen-
1: generally without having a guy like Ian? Did you know all the games? Did you know that there's most uh, sporting event uh, sporting leagues have no rule barring women hmm. at all? So uh, women have tried out for the NFL, for instance, but the closest they ever get is to being a kicker. And there have been some women who are really, really good kickers, but they're just not as good as the male kickers. Yeah, NCAA kickers, male football teams, you have a female kicker. I think that's happened in college. Yeah, there. Was, well, there was one woman, and then they lost, and apparently the team cried or something like that. I'm, I'm not yeah. I'm not trying to be mean. I, I think that's actually it happened. happened. Yeah. They, they decided they wanted to add the first female kicker, and they did, and she flubbed really bad. Really? I forgot what it was called. People tried saying it was a squib kick. Because she kicked so short, they were like, "No, it's a strategy." Uh-oh. But apparently, no. the team came out afterwards, <laughs> and they were like, "This was brutal to us. We've worked so hard, and now we're losing for oh. politics." So there's nothing barring women from being in male teams, other than can they win? Like, can they when they try out, do they succeed? So then we create a division just for females. But now we're having the argument over what does it? What does a woman mean? I mean, Wikipedia defines a woman as a bi- an adult human female, but. Activists are trying to change those definitions and alter what these sports are.
5: Did this girl score, Leah, the the girl from uh, you score? score her mm-hmm. her
1: time? Her time was thirty eight seconds above. Apparently, the
5: it, it would have re- ranked her second or third in the NCAA Women's Championships. Yes. Just like, huh? what does that mean? Like across the country, that was the second or, and third highest. That sounds that sounds score? like a national. So yeah, some yeah. some guy transitions to a female and then wins. No, no, no. I'm, the NCAA. In, 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 in. It is a male who is transitioning to be a trans woman. A trans woman is different than a female. Yes. Pardon my, pardon my ignorance. <sighs> yeah. Uh, and then, and then ranks at the top. That's like complete insanity. It's like use some common sense. If the floor is muddy, you know, stop
1: tracking mud on it and clean it up. This is a guy, a, a guy that transitioned to a. a well, oh, actually, here, look at this. The Daily Mail actually has it. They say uh, how Leah times stack up against her best as a male swimmer. In the two hundred meter free, Will before the transition was one minute thirty nine seconds, and Leah was one minute forty one seconds, and the NCAA is one thirty nine ten. In the five hundred meter free, it was four minutes eighteen, uh, for Leah it was four minutes thirty four, so that's that's a bit down. And the NCAA is four twenty four, and in the six uh, uh, one thousand six hundred fifty meter free, Will got fourteen minutes and fifty four, Leah got fifteen minutes fifty nine. That's a whole minute. And the NCAA is fifteen minutes, so not like this individual has instantly become the best, but certainly one of them. I I don't know. I I I think. Look, I I want to. This this has been circulating. This is an old story. Not not this one particular, but the story that's happening around someone who is male. You know, we had Joe Rogan talk about this almost ten years ago. I think Mm. it was with Fallon Fox. Right. Hmm. As far as I can tell, if that's the case, it's happening. It's done. This is the norm. It's the this combat. Will keep happening. The
5: combat sports is when it goes too far. Uh, if you have a, a a man that transitions to a female or a woman, a human female, whatever it's called, I'm not sure, transitions and then beats the hell out of a guy or a girl, breaks her face like Fallon. That I think they didn't even yeah. know she was had transitioned. No one,
1: no one had told them that right. uh, Fallon Fox was that's, transgender. That's
5: that's now. If you want to do a non combat sport and be like, hey, I hit the ball farther than you. I used to be a guy, but so what? That's dirty politics to me, but. When you're hurting women, when you're when women are getting their faces broken by people that used to be male and have a testosterone I and you final
1: know. F- final thought, you know, because I think it's 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 crazy that we've talked about this story for so long and it just here it is, it's normal now. My final thought, I guess, is like, shouldn't they just have an open division where yeah, anyone can choose yes. to compete? But let's do this. Let's shift to uh, foreign policy. A hard segue because um, surprisingly, this story wasn't our lead from the Daily Caller. Biden admin plans on advising Ukraine to hand over territory to Russia. This is an effective surrender of uh, the conflict with Russia in, in, in Ukraine. And I couldn't believe it when I read this because the AP's headline. I, I wonder if the Daily Caller has the link to the Associated Press article. The AP's headline did not. Actually, I think we could pull it up. Let's see what they have the headline as. Biden assures Ukraine's leader of U.S. support to deter Russia. That's their headline. And everybody sees that and they're like, "Okay, sounds like we're good in Eastern Europe, right? And then you scroll down in the article and it says administration officials have suggested that the U.S. will press Ukraine to formally cede a measure of autonomy within its eastern Donbass region, which is now under de facto control by Russian backed separatists who rose up against Kiev in 2014. So there is a group in eastern Ukraine that are backed by the Russians, armed by the Russians that view themselves as completely separate, want to join Russia, and Biden's response to the buildup of troops by Russia is, let them have it. Hmm. That's crazy to me. Now, I want to stress this point. If this avoids US or EU conflict in the region and a ground war, probably a good thing. But I suppose there's a line. I don't know where it is. I, I agree with Tucker. We shouldn't care about Ukraine's borders over our southern border, which is porous and busted. But I'm worried about another Afghanistan situation. Where Joe Biden, he's sitting there in the command seat, and then Vladimir Putin racks up 90,000 troops, and Biden goes, Ukraine, just, just give it to him, just, 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 just give him the territory. And it's like, here we go again. Could there be a better way? Look, under Trump, this stuff wasn't happening. Right. And what did Trump do? He sold weapons to Ukraine, and Putin backed off. He, he, P- Putin takes, uh, uh, Crimea, Trump gets elected, Putin backs off. Biden gets in, Putin comes back and says, I take.
4: Yeah, I don't think Biden's calling the shots here. Um <sighs> I,
1: I think there's um think Putin's got compromet.
4: I, I think there's a long geopolitical, neoconservative Pentagon establishment that does call the shots. And there's a lot of things happening behind the scenes. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a trade-off here, if there's a bigger deal here. Um, you know, The United States did give Ukraine $2.5 billion of, of weaponry. Um, they have been very active in the region. They have had success turning Ukraine, that had its sphere of influence with Russia, towards the European Union. So this is a very complex picture. It's going to be interesting to see how it unfolds from here. Obviously, I prefer to Diplomacy over hot war, and I think we should avoid hot war no matter what. I think the larger geopolitical no picture... What? Uh, well, you know what I mean. I I think it's we tough, don't we man. don't need neo, neoconservatives in charge threatening nuclear war, and we have that right now. A part of the U.S. government threatening the Russian government. Um, I don't think that helps the situation at all. So I think diplomacy is key here, and I think all of America's foreign policy, especially the way it's been run under Trump and now Biden, is shooting itself in the foot and totally counterproductive, and also holds Europe in jeopardy, since of course Europe also depends on a lot of Russian oil and energy that's being shipped. Towards it right now, so there's a lot of at stake here. Um, I still want to see the full picture before uh, jumping the gun and understanding what's really happening here. Well, what look, about you?
3: I I think this is a your point is really really well taken because there's there's all these complex pieces. There's also the piece of like what are. You know, the central European countries like Poland, yep. you know, we were, both, we have both <laughs> Polish roots. What are they thinking as they're looking, you know, Poland wants to be this big, um, you know, basically ally to the U.S. and the U.S. is basically doing things like encouraging giving land to the Russians. That's like a huge red flag for the Poles. I mean, this is the Poles have been run basically. The Russians have invaded many times. The Germans have invaded many times. They're you know, expecting the next time, yeah. right? Well,
1: let, let, let me ask you guys, though. Is there, is there any circumstance in which you think it would be good for U.S. troops to be on the ground in Ukraine? Uh, That's a very hard decision uh, to make here
4: uh, because of all the pieces here. I I would prefer it it, it doesn't happen. I would prefer diplomacy rule here. I I, I understand
1: that you said that. But my question is, you said, you know, um, what what do you say, at all costs or or avoid war? I I think we should avoid war at all costs. Um, So so what if the cost is like, uh, you know, Russia overtly invades Ukraine to Kiev and Russian tanks are occupying the capital of Ukraine? No, no, I think it's the obvious thing to point out. We are not Ukraine. We, uh, it, how much of it is our, how much of it is it our business to be like, here's a country that we're sort of friends with, but we're not even, not even a part of the NATO alliance. Should we intervene?
5: Yeah, genocide. What if the Russians went in and started executing families, children on the street? Lots of media coverage of it. Are we supposed to go and police the world at this point? Is the time done for that? I'm tired of putting our people in harm's way. I
4: think there's ways of appeasing both sides and and calming the situation down without reaching to those types of hyperbolic levels. Now you made a good point. Poland and other European countries are very set against Russia. Poland even uh, is building a military base called the Trump military base, very close to, of course, the Russian border. Um, so so obviously there's a lot of history there. There's a lot of turmoil. There's a lot of conflict. There's a lot of bloodshed, and it's just it's just a horrible situation to deal with that that we should avoid the, the bloodshed
3: to me i'm gonna divert the question a little bit because i don't i don't fully know the answer to be perfectly honest but i what i do know is that some like what i believe is that the russians basically putin they only really understand strength as a response and if you don't use that as is a important tool of your diplomacy and they are incredibly aware of the fact that you will use whatever tool you have if they cross the red line and it's a real red line, then they're going to abuse that massively. And I mean, so, so this, you know, this strategy, this is what they used in Crimea, right? They moved, basically, it's this kind of like gray gray zone warfare, right? Where they move people in, it's not really Russian, there's kind of, these people kind of take over with the support and then suddenly, hey, this is Russia, Right. And so how many times do you let that happen? How, how do you, you know, you, you need to support your allies, right? Right.
1: And, and that's, and that's it. I mean, they took Crimea. Russia took it. Everyone, you know, a lot of people believe, I think it's fair to say the elections in Crimea were bunk. They came in and said, oh, everybody voted. It's fine. Now Crimea is annexed by Russia because Russia wants their warm water port. But there, there, there are hard questions about war, right? And I, and the reason I ask about what Russia is doing and what Biden should do is I agree. I don't want ground war. I, I think it may, if Biden is is telling them, look, you're going to lose the Eastern Front because we want to avoid war. It's like maybe avoiding war is better. And if the people in the Eastern Front really do want to be, you know, part of Russia, and don't they have the the, the autonomy to decide where who, who they should be governed by or what country they should be a part of? There's really tough questions. But the reason I ask about you know war is because right now China's got the Uyghur Muslim camps, and are we declaring war on China? are we going to be like it's time to storm the beaches of macao to like make our way to the you know xinjiang you know region or whatever
3: right now in in you know in the us congress there's were huge efforts being made to water down the provisions that would actually hold uh, you know, China's activities in Xinjiang to, to account. You know, it's, 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 fascinating. So here's, here's, this is the question, right? So I just, I was just, uh, you know, speaking with, uh, the former, the former head of, uh, human rights, democracy and labor, okay, for the, the State Department under Trump. Um, uh, Robert Destro. So, you know, there's probably, you could say fairly, there's three genocides happening in China right now. There's the Uyghur one, the Uyghur tribunal just, Reinforce that reality, basically today. Um, and then there's the, the Tibetans. It's the same model that's been happening for a long time and, and against the Falun Gong practitioners as well. You know, an attempt to eradicate, you know, an entire group, not necessarily by killing everybody. That's a later stage of genocide, but, but through all sorts of means, including these forced sterilizations. Um, and so on and so forth. That's actually interesting. There's, there's this kind of other flip side. They're trying to actually prevent people from getting sterilized in China, but that's a, that's a different topic. Right, right, right. Um, it, it, well, how do you deal? This is the worst thing. This is what we agree. The global community, the free world agrees. It's the absolute worst thing you can do. It's the worst thing, right? Try to eradicate entire groups of people. China's doing one for sure, possibly, probably three.
1: And, and- they, they rag on Tucker Carlson for saying, why do we care about Ukraine? They, they accuse him of defending Putin. The, the Democrats act like Vladimir Putin is the most powerful evil on the planet. And, and Russia's like almost nothing to us at this point. Granted, they got a lot of nuclear weapons that I can get, but they have a much smaller population and China's massive and way more powerful and way more dangerous and committing atrocities.
3: And way more intertwined financially. And that's that's the other very serious part of the puzzle, right? Well, China
4: is threatening America's hegemony. And the geopolitical picture between Russia and the United States is complicating that and essentially allowing China to win because they have Russia, which is going to be aligning with them when they are naturally competitors. There's a lot of thing that divides Russia and China. And if geopolitically the United States played their cards differently, they could have another strategic ally in the region against their number one allying foe, the number one competitor uh that that most likely is going to create the Thucydides trap which we talk about on the show a lot through when Thucydides Yeah, t- yeah, when an emerging power threatens a, a current power, there's a high likelihood of war, of conflict. So I think on the geopolitical scale that's a lot more important especially with the picture of Taiwan um which the United States you know geopolitically is kind of ignoring almost outright. So to see this Russian perspective there's a way that there there should be negotiations there, it, we shouldn't just give anything up we should be uh tough we should con- uh, you know uh control our interests, but we have to also ask ourselves, what were the Russians and Chinese saying when the United States was invading Iraq, when the United yep. States was invading Afghanistan? Were they saying, hey, if they attack this country, this sovereign country that had nothing to do with 9-11, like Iraq, are we going to defend them when they're doing a genocide on on their people? That's I, And again, I'm not making those arguments, but those were the arguments and conversations that happened in their countries, and we have to understand that those arguments, if we're going to come to a table to try to understand this larger world picture
5: uh, that's unfolding right now that's a, that's extremely complicated that's a, that's a, that's uh, a great point
1: yeah
3: the united,
5: whole <laughs> oh united states took iraq china's going to take taiwan russia takes crimea yeah. so Ukraine, the basically.
3: the whole idea of the genocide convention right like i'm not a fan of countries going out nation building you know taking over areas of us any any kind of this is this is not this is not good behavior genocide is one of these things. The reason the Genocide Convention exists is because there was a very serious genocide, the Holocaust, mm-hmm. right? And people said, we, we we can't allow this to happen. This is something that we actually, everybody needs to get involved in internationally. When we see this happening, we really need to act, right? That, because this is the worst thing humans do to each other. Right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, there was, a, we, we, we talked about it a bit, there was a post um, James Lindsay made about what what separates a concentration camp from normal forms of imprisonment, and they said it's when someone is detained without due process, when they're taken from their home and put in a camp without due process. Exactly the right. Es- the escalation, on the other hand, is is you know it depends, right? So th- that's the idea about what happened in in Germany was they were going and taking people and then sending to these camps, which is happening in a lot of different parts of the world, and it's not just China. Also, a
4: lot of people, you know, a lot of the bigger political. Uh, establishment in russia is saying well the united states got libya they got syria they're creating a, a domestic conflict in yemen they're uh they they had their sphere of influence in iraq in afghanistan they're getting theirs we should get ours so that's the type of conversations that they're having and I, I think again there's a lot of chess pieces on the table but we have to reassess what we know what we're told
1: because there's a totally different picture that we're not seeing that we should see let's let, let's bring it all together you know we we talked about the social issues in that in the United States. Um, which led to, you know, a lot of questions about Black Lives Matter and wokeness and trans issues. And then we have what's going on with the geopolitical conflicts. We have this story from TimCast.com. Men prevented from getting vasectomies under China's new family planning policies. China is trying to stave off a population crisis caused by its declining fertility rates. With over 1.4 billion people, the decline could create a crisis as the population ages and is not replaced The densely populated nation could run out of workers, which would cause severe economic consequences. This is fascinating. In the United States, we have no such effort. We have the opposite. They're telling people to not have kids. They're saying, if you want to save the environment, have no kids. I've been saying for a while, it really feels like there is a an effort from global elites to convince Americans to burn down their own country. China will keep growing. And perhaps it's because they're scared of Thucydides trap. That when a rising economic power reaches the level of, a, of the sitting economic power, war becomes extremely likely. It feels like there are powerful interests that are just saying, look, either the world implodes from a great conflict between two superpowers or we let America down slowly and let them spiral out of control and then, and then China takes over.
3: Do you really want the model where that runs three genocides at the same time? And has, a, and has a murder for Budding murder for organs industry That's uh, you know state sanctioned Yeah, You want that model across the world
1: No but I'll tell you this The, the uh, political establishment here in the US does The idea that they with absolute authority Never have to worry about an election again That they can just go in with an, with an iron fist And a rubber stamp and wipe your house off the mat To build a highway They would love it
3: That's a very disturbing thought Tim. <laughs> and,
1: that's, and that's what they do in China
3: that, that's, that's exactly what they do in China. That's exactly what they can do and they do do.
1: They do do. <laughs> they will, <laughs> and they will, uh, uh, and if we, if we don't stand up and we don't speak out and we don't support what we believe in, uh, the Democrats and the, and the neocons, the neo-libs and the neocons will do do here as well. <laughs> and all over our constitution. So, and it is funny, but it's true though. I mean, we, it, w- w- We've talked to several people who have, you know, um, they cover Chinese issues, you know, related to, like, foreign policy, and they talk about what what the Chinese Communist Party does, and we're told that there was a period where, you know, democratic establishment politicians saw what they do in China. How they one day can walk up to a group of houses and say, "Destroy it all and throw those people in the gutter." In the gutter, and then we're going to build a government facility here, and they can do it like that.
3: Or, or the state exactly what they did to build the stadiums for the two thousand eight Olympics. Mm-hmm. They That's took the exactly
1: water right. away, right? Did, did they take the water from like farmers and peasants?
3: Uh, they, they, uh, the, every every level of you know basically disenfranchisement, taking people's homes away without any due process. To use that term used yep. earlier um it just they and frankly raised a lot of history actually mm. you know uh, these hutong areas and so forth.
4: This is also why uh, Justin Trudeau says that he uh, looked up to China's basic dictatorship, describing their kind of economic power and centralization, which allows them to control the markets whichever way they want. Uh, and uh, it doesn't surprise me that someone like Justin Trudeau made those statements.
3: I want to comment. So this about this control, right? Why why do they have this situation with the you know sort of preventing vasectomies now, right? China one of China's most massive problems is this demographic cap that they created through these crazy right. control policies the mm-hmm. one child policy exactly. right so they I mean this is a massive problem for them. They're not going to solve it by force preventing people from getting vasectomies. They don't actually have no one this is one thing that I do, I've never heard any remotely credible solution to this. Um other than perhaps I mean immigration might be the solution but no one wants to go live in a dictatorship that that does what it does. Well right?
4: China doesn't allow immigration. Uh-huh. Their 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 borders are almost predominantly closed. They're very nationalistic. And they treat outsiders, uh, according to many accounts, uh, very wrong, to say one the of, least.
1: One of the biggest detriments to the woke left is that if they are unsuccessful in their attempts to get their ideology in schools, they will eventually cease to exist. And, uh, the math is actually really simple. I've, I've actually covered this. It's very interesting. There is a Pew Research poll showing that Generation Z is slightly more conservative than millennials, but still very progressive in the same way millennials are, just leaning a little bit. And a lot of people assumed this meant that Generation Z was like waking up, they were realizing, but it's not true. What we're actually seeing is the ramification of uh, of replacement levels from the early 2000s. So if you go back to the early 2000s, you'd see many studies show liberals were having something like 1.5 kids on average and conservatives were having 2.01, which meant conservatives are replacing themselves and liberals weren't. Fast forward 20 years, mm-hmm. what do you get? You get 20-year-olds voting, and they lean a little bit more right, not because they believe what conservatives believe, but just because there race. are more conservative Gen Z than there are liberal ones. That will persist. But as many people have pointed out, progressives and leftists don't have kids. They have yours. Mm. So if they cannot get their ideology in schools, then we're looking at 20, 40 years, two more cycles, in the, two more generations, and the United States becomes overwhelmingly conservative.
6: So this is why they hate, first of all, the idea of school choice. But Mm -hmm. the other thing I was going to ask you, Jan, because you're somewhat the the authority, is what on earth was China thinking? How can you not look at, for example, a one-child policy and a country where they kill millions upon millions of little girls before birth, after birth, doesn't matter to them, and think this will be fine in the long term? I don't understand their thinking.
3: Well, and, you know, that's just an, just to highlight that point. There's this crazy situation in China where there's just a, all these males that can't find right. someone to be that's with. Right. Right. Yeah. Huge problem. Yeah. Like, like it, you know, go do ahead. You think <laughs>
6: that's what they were going for? Because that was something I noticed a long time ago. If it's, I was like, if you have a bunch of disenfranchised, lonely, single young men, what are they going to want to do? Oh right, war. go to war exactly, and I was like, "Is this is this the strategy?" I
3: think I think they simply imagine, and this is the problem with these, you know, command c- top control social right. sort of utopian vision control systems. Right? You don't there's there's all sorts of collateral damage that you can create. I don't think they thought it through. I'll be perfectly honest; mm-hmm. I really don't think they thought it through at all. They just thought, "Hey, we want to limit the population size. This is great. Let's do it."
1: I I, I, I disagree a little yeah. bit. I think, uh, ladies on something with war because why would they tell these men who can't find lovers not to get vasectomies? Right. Because they don't know who's going to survive. And if random guys are going out saying, well, I can't find a mate, I'm going to get, you know, my balls chopped off anyway, <clears throat> then what happens when many people go to war and the ones who remain are unable to have children? Mm. So they're basically saying, no, 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 everybody remain fertile. And then when 30% of you die in the conflict of the United mm. States through in trap, then all right, we'll we'll figure out who then can have kids. Well, right.
4: there's a big population crisis in, in China. The, uh, the Chinese government has also been caught building databases of women and their fertility ranking. Wow. Um, and and we have to understand that this one-child policy was cheered on by a lot of internationalists, by a lot of globalists, yep. including the founder of CNN, Ted Turner, that openly said that this was a great plan. This is awesome. This is what the world should be implementing. The people who opened up China to the world, Henry Kissinger, David Rockefeller, the ones that took American jobs and sent them overseas for cheap slave labor, those are the individuals that also cheered on those policies because they were also big proponents of population control mm-hmm. and eugenics. Uh, and we see similar epithets by the World Economic Forum. We see similar epithets uh, said by individuals like, you know, I, I have to say it, Bill Gates and other individuals. Uh, but but uh, those policies, I wouldn't be surprised, were made as a part of a deal, according to my own kind of perspective and opinion saying, hey, we're going to give you all these jobs, we're going to give you all these corporations coming to you, but you need to implement the policies that we want you to implement, top-down control, spying on citizens, social credit score, and a system where, of course, we regulate and control the population in almost every aspect. To me, China is the globalist experiment, and now China's saying, hey, we need more people, we're, we're dealing with a population uh, 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 crisis here, and we need to take action, and they are taking very uh, um, strong action for that
3: when when it comes to the fertility question you know it just just occurred to me there is this you know you 're probably aware of this this sort of dramatic drop in male fertility certainly in the us they 've done you know extensive studies but it 's broad they think it 's unclear what the mechanism is they think it's some basically chemicals in the system now China is the most polluted country right they basically have very very limited pollution controls. There's all sorts of, you know, basically human-human devastation as a result of that. I wonder if there isn't also a fertility crisis even worse than there is here in the U.S. and
1: in the the free world, so to speak. You ever see the BuzzFeed video from the Try Guys? Uh Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. So these were four guys. It was BuzzFeed, right? Yeah, I think so. And these four guys, young millennial men, decided to get their testosterone (laughs) levels checked. And I don't think they did research into this because... When they went and did, and then published the results, their testosterone was comparable to to, to that of like eighty year old men. <laughs> okay. so bad. it was bad. It was bad. So I mean, these guys. But then all, just all of them had it was this. Four guys, look, yeah. And all their testosterone was so way bad. below average, and they're, and they're what? They're in their twenties or something. Yeah, I think so. That's that's at their prime, mm-hmm. and these guys' testosterone was comparable to like elderly men.
3: But this wasn't something of the fact that they were hanging out with each other or something know. like that or- I
1: don't know. Oh, maybe, I'm just saying, yeah. I think, I think we're seeing something with, uh, with the infantilization mm. of the millennial generation and, uh, potentially Gen Z. You know, I've, I've long thought about this, how, um, you know, I, I read a lot about how dogs became domesticated and how they were wolves mm-hmm. and dogs are effectively permanent puppies. They retain the behaviors of puppies, the love, the desire, but they don't ever develop the alpha independent and controlling and dominant nature of the wolf. Mm. This was bred out of them by humans who didn't want that. The humans wanted to be in charge. So uh, long story short, when wolves started scavenging the refuse of human camps, the wolves that were more tolerant and had the right behaviors were tolerated by the humans and the humans who are more tolerant of the wolves had a hunting partner with the, with pr- wolves and then proto-dogs. But eventually this artificial selection breeds out, or I guess technically natural selection at this point, because it wasn't planned, br- bred out the aggressive wolf behaviors. And then what ends up happening is proto-dogs were like permanent wolf puppies. And so I see something similar in where we're going now with humans. We are becoming childlike. Humans in their, in their uh, mid-20s have never had a job before. They're uh they're 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 thirty five year old men hosting podcasts who have no kids and oh, yeah, aren't married, right? <laughs> right? But so it's awesome. true. You know, my, my dad. Well, I think he was twenty seven. He had two kids. And mm, yeah. uh, I think the average age of a woman to have a child, even today, is still twenty four. But we're seeing that pushing back. I think now among like you know millennials, it's getting way yeah. lower. That 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 average still comes from the older generation. That when they're asked, when was the well, how old were you when you had your first kid? And they're like twenty four. So that factors in. It's probably twenty one.
3: But it's so, you know, it's a lot of this is really social conditioning. I mean, it isn't the thing that you should do to have lots of kids. I mean, it, it is in Hasidic communities, for example, like my brother-in-law, you know, he has, he has five kids. His, his uh, daughter married into a family of 13. This is just what you do in Orthodox Jewish communities, but you don't do it in. You know, mainstream American society. In fact, it's kind of odd to have Mm -hmm. a lot of kids, right?
1: This is why the future is conservative and religious. Because, um, there's, there's two big factors here. And, and this, and this is again, if the leftists fail in schools, their ideology will, will age out with them. Conservatives are substantially less likely to advocate or have abortions. And they're also substantially more likely to have children in the first place. Another thing we should really consider here is that China is
4: dealing with a population crisis and they're deciding to take executive centralized action on it. The United States in the West is also dealing with a population crisis and we're encouraging it and saying this is great. We need to save the environment. We need to stop making children. And we even have Elon Musk came out just a few days ago and said civilization is going to crumble if people don't have more children. And <laughs> I, I believe his warnings are uh, warranted. It's, I think they're true.
3: I mean, how, how can, how can this not be true? Right? I mean, unless we're talking about some sort of weird meta transhuman future. Which is, which not. we are. Yeah. So, <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me
1: just, I want to highlight the article Luke mentioned real quick. We have it from yeah. CNBC. Elon Musk says civilization is going to crumble if people don't have more children. The tech billionaire said low and rapidly declining birth rates are one of the biggest risks to civilization. I want to, I want to, I want to, uh, I can sort of provide some evidence to Elon Musk's claim. There was a TED talk by a guy who tried to make his own toaster from scratch. How much does a toaster cost at Walmart? 20 Ten bucks. bucks. 10, Ten bucks. bucks. 10. Yeah.
6: Well, yeah, 10 target. bucks. Yeah, it's really cheap. Really? The other day, yeah. I
1: just assumed inflation would have yeah, been no, it it more one, yeah. 10 bucks. Yeah, that, that means if you work at McDonald's, on average, depending on which city you work in, it's probably going to take you about an hour, hour and a half to get a toaster. So this guy decided to make a toaster himself. It's impossible. He discovered it was not possible. Why? He could not synthesize plastics. He could make everything else. He could you could mine the ore. He could smelt it. He could make the wiring. He could make all of that stuff, the control mechanisms. But it, to get the plastic for the outside of the toaster, he had to mine the plastic, mm. which effectively proves it Dang. couldn't be done. And wh- the reason I bring this up in regards to Elon Musk is it shows the level of specialization among humans has grown so intense that no single person can make a thing. There's... Mm. a. um I'm, I'm forgetting who wrote the book, so Apollo, uh, for, uh, forgive me. What's it called? It's, um, oh, uh, Julie Borowski, I think. Oh, yeah. Was she, what, did she write, No One Knows How to Make a Pizza? Was I think that hers? So. I think
6: that was her, yeah.
1: I, I hope I'm getting the I person so. right. Because if someone else wrote it, they're gonna be mad oh, at me. Sorry. <laughs> but, uh, the point of the book was that cheese, pepperoni, tomato, sauce, the bread, no one person can make all of these things, for the most part. A pizza's not that hard to make. What Elon Musk is basically saying is, and, and, and this is just one part of it, with a declining birth rate, one day we're going to be like, hey, who's who's, who's wh- there's no food at the supermarket. Oh, well, no one's driving trucks anymore. Well, who's? why not? Because there's no one to drive trucks anymore. Well, what are people doing? People are doing other jobs. Right now, the unemployment, the, the, the amount of people who aren't working is half the uh, – so uh, uh, let me phrase it better. There's twice as many job openings as people without work. The problem is the people without work don't have the specialty for those jobs. This is what Elon Musk is talking about. We need specialties and specialists to advance technology. And if we don't, it doesn't happen.
6: He's right, too. And Elon Musk is the one who says, if you want more things, you have to make things, which sounds very profound. But when you talk to people who truly believe that milk grows out of store shelves, you realize that we might have a problem with conceptualizing
5: where they, our things they do. come from. They do. They, they do. When, they well,
1: do. I, during the, the primary the, uh, in, in 2019 with Andrew Yang, I had people tweeting at me <sighs> like – I was like, if people aren't, or no, no, I'm sorry. This was, uh, I think this was last year. It was 2020. And I was like, if people aren't working to make milk, where exactly. will they get milk? And they're like, what do you mean? The store. T- and I was like, where do you <laughs> think the milk comes from at the store? And they're like, what are you talking about? The store has milk. And I was like, wow. wow. These people don't understand the concept of the supply chain. Now I'm not saying everybody. I'm not saying any particular group of people. I'm saying there are people who really don't get it.
6: Well, we have been really, really lucky. Our society is super specialized and we don't have to like spend all day farming and doing all this other stuff, but it makes us very spoiled. It very, makes us very insular and we don't realize everything that goes into bringing us, for example, our pizza or our pencil or our milk on the store shelves and it weakens us. And I think that that might even be a component to men becoming weaker as well and people not even being interested in having kids. Like I wonder if it's like a hugely overarching societal problem of ease. That's yeah. just what I came
4: up with. Uh, well, there's there's that aspect. There's diet. There's chemicals. Yeah. There's also the lowering of the IQ of children because of lead and other poisons in our environment. There's there's a, a lot of things that contribute to it. The indoctrination centers that people call schools. There's there's so many different things that contribute to the destruction of the future of the United States that it's uh, almost as if it's being done deliberately to this point, especially financially, economically. If you look at what's happening here, uh, we are headed towards an utter disaster. We are falling off the cliff very soon. I think we're already off the cliff, but we're still in the moment where we think it's fun, it's not. Uh there's and going we, to be
1: it, we, where we think it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh Good yeah. Morning. We're yeah. flying. Yeah. The train went up for yeah, right? a and, yeah. <laughs> and then
4: I, I think we're moments away from realizing holy crap, there's a lot of consequences for our uh deliberate actions that have put us on this trajectory towards a a wall that's that's
1: all the way down let me just i'll just add one thing too it's uh like we drove off the edge of the of the cliff yeah we're flying through the air and we're like going we people are all cheering and screaming and there's a few of us jim kramer's like the economy's doing better than ever and there's (laughs) and and there's a few people in the car going guys guys (laughs) we're actually going to start falling down the cliff into that rocky crevasse and then, CN you, know, you got Oliver Darcy or whoever. He's in the car with us. And he goes, actually, falling into the cross is a good it's thing. Good thing.
5: <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, we can make right. the train fly. That's what I'm focusing on right now. So get on board. Good luck, Ian. Yeah, yeah. it's going yeah, to take awesome. some some effort, but it's going to happen. What do you think, John?
3: Mo- mo- well, I would. You know, you made me think of modern monetary policy. Uh. You know, like yeah. you can just we can we, we can we can we uh, can spend our way out of it, right?
4: Mm, sure, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: That works great for uh, families. You know, and <laughs> I, I, I have to believe that they're like high-level banker and financial dudes that are like working around the Federal Reserve. And they're printing all of this money. They're Well, it's digital. So they're typing all this money. And then as soon as the, like some of these bankers get the money, they immediately convert it into something else. Hmm. They're like, they send me the money. And then they're buying crypto. They're buying yep. silver. They're buying gold. They're buying land. And they're buying it in other countries. Yes. Because i tell you this, man. If you if look right, what, what what a Bitcoin fell from like sixty. It was at sixty eight, and it fell yeah. to like forty three. It's the holidays, so a lot of people expected this. If you know what's going on with crypto, but even now, you know everyone's. I, I had people messaging me like, "Oh, was were, were, were you talking all this good stuff about crypto, saying it was going to be all big?" And I'm like, "Dude, I bought it at at like a couple grand." You know, I'm like, of course it drops down, but I'm 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 happy. You know, when when everything started getting bad, you know, around last year. I started saying I didn't want to be holding onto US dollars. And so I decided not to. I decided to just, you know, try and invest in the company as much as I can get the equipment the company needs as fast as possible. Prices have gone way up. Uh, we have a guitar because we're recording a bunch of new music and uh, we got Pete Parada, formerly of The yeah. Offspring, who's working with us. Big fan. Awesome. Super excited. And, um, I've got a standard, uh, Mexican Telecaster. It's a, a guitar. And I bought that thing for like 450 bucks brand new. And now I have another standard uh, Mexican telly, and it was twice the price. And it's only been, I think, like four or five years or whatever. The mm. price has doubled. Jeez. I went to a guitar store, and the guy told me that if you order a guitar today, it's going to take you uh, 18 months or whatever to get it. It's becoming harder and harder to get things. And people are, are not realizing it because it's a ripple effect. There, there was some leftist who tweeted, like, this is a luxury problem. I can't remember who it was. She was like, all the rich people are just complaining because yeah. their luxuries are more expensive. It's like, yo, milk is up. But, yeah, are you listening to the warnings? So we're at the industry, we're, we're at an industry professional level. It's really difficult to get things like the internet. It's really difficult to get specialty equipment for it. It's ridiculously expensive because we're trying to get the best of the best to run a business. So we are seeing the, the problems. We're trying to get more space built at the studio. Instead, we have to get a different studio. We can't move the HVAC because the, the, the materials we need for it aren't being shipped in. They don't exist. Is a regular person complaining about whether they can get HVAC materials? No. But what happens next? It's a ripple effect. We got a bunch of articles popping up saying next year, sticker shock is going to cause the, an apocalypse for the, for, for middle class workers. When they, when they see the price jump, January 1st, I think it is, General Mills raising the price on all cereals by 20%. That means if you're like, I got a budget for cereal, box of cereal for my kids is five bucks. Now it's going to be six bucks. Your budget's all off. And that may be $1 right there, but it adds up across the board because it's going to mm. affect, the grains are going to affect everything. Of course,
5: Same I with opened, gas. I opened up a bag of chips last night and it was like a third of a bag of chips, of, worth of chips. It was nice. so sad. Shrinkflation. <laughs> yeah. So much empty <laughs> space depressing. in that bag. Oh, Shrinkflation. It should be
1: that way. Go. They, they, people are posting photos of when they like, I bought a box of waffles, then came back, and the box is tiny. Yeah. To be fair though, Americans eat way too much. True. Yeah. We went, when we were in Texas, we went to a diner and the plate they gave me was like a trough. I was like, I don't, I don't, yo. I can't eat this. Yo, you know? I love, it. I,
4: I have to bring it home every time. Every yeah. time I go out in, in any kind of restaurant, I'm like, give me it, just give me it to go anyway. I'm going to take it home, eat it later. I hate wasting food.
6: Yeah.
3: And to your that. point, you know, this is one of the craziest things I'm trying to wrap my head around, you know, because a lot of these, the, the lockdown policies that, that we experienced while well, all over the world, but certainly here in America, right? That led to a lot of Obesity. I mean, it, the numbers are actually astounding. I don't have them in front of me, but, but like, and that is actually the thing. Aside from age and having some comorbidities, that that actually makes you way more susceptible to COVID. That's that's yeah. nuts.
5: Yeah, yeah. is no? it like um confirmed that it lives Go keto. in, lives in fat cells? Is that like an official scientific narrative now that I, COVID lives I, in fat cells? I
3: just saw that in uh, I just saw that headline. I haven't read the article yet. I I have to look at it. it. Looks. I mean, you you read something like that, and you're like, I think I'm going to take a really yeah. close look at this before I just accept it. There's yeah. an
2: article
5: from last year where they said that they tested uh, ice cream tested positive. For COVID in China a and had to recall story. this ice cream. Mm. It was in the ice cream so mm. I thought okay maybe it lives in animal fat mm-hmm. um, but an I've never seen question. another article about it. Never saw it confirmed or denied. It just appeared in Newsweek and then it was gone.
6: I'd say that even if it doesn't live in fat cells it's probable that obesity weakens the immune system enough in every way that it's enough. But they're you trying well, to figure
3: out why. They're trying to figure yes. out why. I, ahead, will, I yeah.
1: will just say sugar is the devil. That's right. And get it out of there. Yep. You don't need it anymore. <laughs> it's bad. Don't.
3: I'm doing keto right now too man oh, really? i' just Are try- you? yeah I'm trying to trying to <gasps> lose a little bit i i just got I got hit with the sugar in here a little bit, but ah. sure.
6: you know had there was nothing there was
1: nothing yeah. to it for me i I didn't care i was I was skating you know every day, and then one day I just accidentally only ate you know high fat meat and cheese I had, like avocados for breakfast and then I had heavy cream in my coffee, and then I was like, I just keep doing it, whatever. And then I ended up losing a bunch of weight, yeah. and I've just been feeling better and better. See,
3: I can't do the diets where you're like, oh, just do this much to eat less, or like, this is really simple. No carbs. That's easy. I can do that, right? Cup so, it's, not, down. it's not no yeah. carbs. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's very, yeah. No, of course, of course, because it, you'd be insane. To also, if, someone, vegetables
4: if, if someone was a conspiracy theorist, and if there were central controllers out there, you know, what would be better than having a disease out there that culls the population, especially the people who eat the most, and the most elderly that don't work Mm -hmm. don't produce anything and uh, don't uh, and you have to give a pension to what better way to slim the fat literally and figuratively if you were a central controller hypothetically uh, theoretically
3: um, if you were doing that it's very cold man
1: well hey let's 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 ask the audience over in the super (laughs) chat so if you haven't already smash the like button subscribe to the channel share the show with your friends and go to timcast.com we're gonna have a members only segment coming up later tonight it's posted at timcast.com around 11 or so p.m. You'll see it on the front page, so if you want to become a member, you got to go to timcast.com. I stress that because a few people have, you know, made the mistake of signing up for YouTube's membership program, which is very Not different. The same. Yes, but let's read some super chats. All right, we got this one from Stephen Nyzik. He says, "Does this now mean that Jesse Smollett has been found guilty of hate crimes in the heart of MAGA country?"
6: Oh, oh,
1: I don't know if it's a hate crime because he just lied to the cops. So you know. All right, Andrew. But he P- did commit P-chick. a hate, hate crime against himself. That's right. That's right. Sorry. Go ahead. Hopefully he doesn't beat himself up about it. That's that <laughs> a joke. <laughs> all right. Andrew, um, I'm going to pronounce this wrong. It, is it Peeg Chick? Uh, Peeg Zick? He says, how is it that Tim collects all these random polls? <laughs> 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 We're not random. I knew Tim for like <laughs> 10 years. <laughs> Longer than that. It's actually. Oh, no. It's actually been just about 10 years. Isn't yeah. That crazy. Wow. All right. Let's see. Dermy Wormy says, if you guys want great coverage of the Maxwell trial, go no further than Good Logic on YouTube. An actual lawyer going to court, to the courthouse, watching the trial and reporting everything. Wow, that's, that's great.
6: We are in contact.
1: Um, oh, are we?
6: We are. But as
1: soon how as, deep soon do as we the trial's to over, we right. should, right, yeah, right, right, right. How do do right. To go? Like no. Yeah. And, and I think oh, for a lot of the stuff, we should, we're, we're talking with like Steve Bannon. We're going to do special interviews for the website just so that we can have more in-depth Sit down conversations that are very hyper focused and specific, not like a podcast with multiple news subjects and off the cuff conversation. Mm. So it'll be great to have like a direct breaking down of like the Maxwell trial and, and Epstein and all that stuff. All right. Fidel LeBlanc says, Watched that Yuri Bezmanov ideological subversion video again today. And if you just replace Soviets with CCP, it's 100% accurate mm. today. Crazy. Wow. Mark VA 71 euphoric break says, I've been keto nearly nine years. You're looking great, Tim. Keep it up. Thank you. Good, sir. We had, um, last time we had Ariel Scarsella on. She's a good friend. She's a YouTuber. She was like, she's like, wow, Tim, you're looking real different. You're looking good. And I was like, what does that mean? And she was like, I'm complimenting you. And I was like, no, I know. But like, <laughs> like specifically compliment. like, is uh, cause I've, I've been eating, I've been doing keto. The My first uh, uh, introduction with the keto stuff was back when it was a conspiracy theory. And all the media was saying it was dangerous and not to do it. I knew this guy who would drink a glass of heavy whipping cream for breakfast. Ugh. I can't do that. That's, that's crazy. I definitely put heavy whipping cream in my coffee. That's about it. But this this dude, he would pour a glass of it and drink it and be like, you know, high fat diet. And I'd yeah.
5: Your body starts was, to swell. It's he cool. He was ripped. Oh, wow. He
1: was crazy ripped. Yeah, man. I was like, I don't know about all that. And then like he had bacon for lunch or something. Well, Good for him. Deliopolis says it's easy for us to laugh at Jesse now but we shouldn't lose sight of the fact his ruse if he pulled it off could have easily gotten people killed hmm. yeah and it it, may st- it it sowed so much hate and animosity and anger in this country that dude is evil
3: well and evil. Then, and there's and there's still people that believe it's true and that's the thing that that that's crazy about these things right like
1: that the, the callous yeah. nature of their of, of how they it's crazy man they, are these people sociopaths Jesse yes. is, yeah, yeah, I think
5: so. I, Jesse, Jesse, he strikes me as really, really dumb, like not smart. I look at him; he looks normal. I, I've never talked to him or even listened to an interview with him, but after listening to this, I think like
1: you this know, kind of probably dumb. You know, you know what it is? They need to. If, if, if the problem is he's in disguise he, by shaving off his mustache, because if he didn't, he would have been sitting in court twirling it, and oh, they yeah. would have that the jury would have been like, "Oh, yeah. we can see it right yeah. now," yeah. <laughs> you know. But he's trying to hide. Got in all six. All right, Spork Witch says not quite right, Luke. Fox recused herself, then had her office and her subordinates, which still report to her handling everything. It was only after it was taken away from her office entirely, as it should have been, that something was done. She didn't recuse herself. She technically did by saying she, well, I would say this. She literally didn't recuse herself. She just went, I'm recusing myself, and then everyone was like, but you literally did not formally recuse yourself because your office is still working on it, and she was like, shut up!
4: <laughs> and she was putting pressure on the office and saying that the charges were, uh, were, uh, were, there was too much
1: charges. Yep. Alright. McSquared says that the Jussie wasn't worth the squeeze yes. for this smoulier, yeah. but once he's sentenced, his milkshake will bring all the boys to the yard. Oh. Keep up the great work, Tim. You're <laughs> <Fugue>, your <an> inspiration, <laughs> <Whoa. Definitely>
0: painful.
1: <laughs> Kenneth Bedwell says, "Luke and Jan, will you inform Tim about N. Chamberlain, Austria, four twelve nineteen thirty eight, Czechoslovakia nineteen thirty eight, and lead to Poland, uh, and led to Poland being erased for sixty five years? No appeasement."
3: Yeah. Well, so this is, I I was thinking about this, but this is a, you know, this is kind of a a, a different topic uh, where we we jump to a different topic. I mean, in in a nutshell, right, when people are annexing land, right, i.e. Nazi Germany and nothing happens, that just, this is the thing, like the the, these authoritarian leaders, all they know is force and strength. And if you don't respond with strength, they're going to take more. It's just, it's just, I don't know if it's human nature. I don't know what it is, but it's just, you know, history is rife with this reality. They're
5: talking about N. Chamberlain is Neville Chamberlain, the British prime minister during Nazi Germany's rise to power. Peace in our time. And, and Hitler wanted mm. to annex, was it Czechoslovakia? Well, so, Pol- Poland and the, the United Kingdom
4: yeah. had an alliance and a, and a defense pact. So if Poland was attacked, uh, the United Kingdom said that they would come in and defend Poland and they never did. Hmm. Oh, yeah.
1: Yep, and then Neville was like, peace in our time yeah, appeasing Hitler, and then eventually Hitler was like, okay, now he sends a Blitzkrieg, and then they start bombing London. uh, They kept, oh no, what's happening? Why is he doing it?
5: Germany kept annexing land, and then they were like, we'll just give him this little bit of land, and then he'll stop, and he never stopped. Well, history yeah. is also complex
4: there as well because there's a lot of it that goes even before that, with World, World War One, right. and right. how Germany had its land taken away. So there's it's it's uh, Europe is filled with so much history. I lo- I used to love traveling there, but now it's all f- fascist everywhere, almost mm-hmm. everywhere. Poland still is still standing strong somehow a little bit, but uh, all the other places I-, I just won't be able to visit in
1: my lifetime again. I think. can't go to Canada unless you get the vaccine. Yeah, can't go to most places in Europe now. Yeah. Sad. All right, JT Fire says, "Ian, according to the Bible, you cannot enter heaven unless you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior." Savior, God wants all people to know all people. I think it's uh, I I think it's fair to say, and maybe I'm wrong. I think Seamus would be a good person to ask about this. That like, if you're on your deathbed and you try to do the deathbed repentance, where you're like, "Please forgive me," pretty sure God's going to be like, "I believe him." I think he's going to know what's true in your heart. And if you're just saying it out of desperation, yes. it's not going to fly, yes. right?
5: That always tricked me out. Like if, if Hitler right before he blew his brains out was like, and by the way, I accept Jesus into my heart. I, I, what have I done? I'm, I've done so much wrong. I'm, and I'm repentant. And he really truly was. Does that mean he's up there in heaven right now waiting? Hitler.
1: If he really was repentant and truly accepted According Jesus to Catholicism, and all that stuff, yes, I, he's then in then heaven. Then yes, right? That
5: to me is nonsense. Like a soul, <laughs> someone that does what he did with that much vitriol is not going to have a, a, a
1: calm there's heavenly a, soul. It's going to be tortured, man. There's a joke that i just read it's an old one where a politician dies and then he finds himself at the pearly gates and saint peter says oh yes uh you know so you're you a politician right well we have a new policy here that says you have to spend one day in hell and then you get to decide where you want to go and he's like whoa, whoa, whoa no no no! i don't want to do that why, why do i spend a day in hell and it's like it's just policy and then blink he wakes up in this luxury suite with you know beautiful like you know silk sheets and everything's nice and a, a, a handsome gentleman walks in hands him a cigar and says welcome to hell and he stands up and he looks at the window and it's beautiful and sunny and he's like this is hell and he goes oh they're lying about what this is all about i'm here to help you and they didn't like what i was doing and making everybody a good time free of worship and all that stuff and he's like wow really and then he shows them around all of his old friends are there. People he admires and looks up to are there. And they're they're like, hey, man, good to see you. And he goes to a party and they're eating all this good food. And he's like, this is incredible. And they were like, yeah, you can't believe everything you hear. Of course, they're going to try and tell you it's bad here. But we're trying to do right by people. We just don't agree with what they want. And then he's like, wow. And then he sees all his friends and he says goodbye to him. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's getting late. He goes back to his suite and lays down, goes, goes to sleep and then wakes up right before the pearly gates again. And then he was like, that was incredible. And St. Peter says, well, then, which do you choose? He goes, I want to go to hell. And then he goes, okay, snaps his fingers, and then all of a sudden, he's in pitch darkness. He hears screaming and, and, and suffering and fire, and, and then he looks over, and he's like, what's happening? And then a large, grizzled, nasty-looking figure in the same suit walks up, and he says, it's me, the devil. And he goes, but, but what happened to the greenery, the luxury? And he goes, that was campaign season. Good <laughs> joke. <laughs> <laughs> Good show. That's how it goes, right? That's
3: very good. That's <laughs> true.
1: All right. Gerald Armstrong says, Tim, when are you getting Kyle on? He's doing the rounds with Crowder, Blaze, et cetera. You know, uh, uh, first of all, like I think Crowder's the same thing. Like immediately after the trial, we were like, we're not going to try and like reach out and be like, we have to have Kyle Rittenhouse. You know what I'm interested in is actually I'd rather wait a little bit. Mm. Um, I know he was on, you know, with um, with Elijah and, and Sydney, and they said a lot of things and he was on with Crowder and he was on with Tucker. I'm I'm not interested in trying to just try and book someone because they just had this big breaking news story. I'd like to book Kyle maybe in, like, three months when he's been watching the news, this story is a little bit behind him, and then hear his opinions on where things have gone and where things are. I think that would be more robust. And also, just to be completely honest, like, trying to compete for, huh, like, yeah. the, one of the top personalities of, of, like, right now is just, like, I just don't think, you know, I can do it. You know what I mean?
6: So he is... Just a young kid, which is why we like and appreciate him. And he did the right thing in an incredibly difficult com- uh, this situation and saved his own life. So, And then he survived the trial. So props to him. But at the same time, it's like I would like for him to develop his own views on everything. Hopefully become like a strong advocate for 2A stuff and everything. But we'll see what he wants to do. I, I, yeah, I think too I th- early.
1: Yeah, I think right now it's like there's a lot of convert questions to be had about what happened. And Tucker Carlson got that interview, broke that stuff down, and that was good. Yeah. Now I think I'd be interested to wait as we get into midterm season. And then have him come on and you know flesh out his his thoughts and ideas on on other subject areas. Otherwise, it just kind of feels like everyone's trying to get a piece of the Kyle Rittenhouse story. Right. Yeah. So I went through this with Occupy Wall Street after I got a bunch of attention, and then every news outlet was like interview the guy, and I'm like, that's stupid. I didn't do anything. You know what I mean? Like I get it. You got an interview. I'm gonna go do my thing. That's how I feel when people call me on my birthday. Call me the day before. Yeah. Right. Don't don't call me randomly in the year and say what's up. How you been? You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's cool. I'm glad. I'm glad he's he's going around talking to people. I just kind of feel like I don't really feel like I can add anything by just inviting him. Yeah. You know. But it would be cool in a few months. Talk about midterm stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Taka Nokage says, "Salvation is a gift from God. Man cannot save himself through good deeds. God requires that we agree with Him that we are only capable of wrongdoing. Belief that Jesus died in your place for your sins and that He is resurre- and He res and that He resurrected is what saves you." Interesting.
5: So much hell has been brought on earth because of Christianity and religion, like the the, the Crusades. Maybe that was – you can't pin it on Christianity, the, the Islam and the people, and it's probably more about the people than the religion. But mm. just to say like, yeah, I believe it. Now I synchronize with God, so I'm, I'm good. I can do as much chaos and destruction as I want. I don't, I don't vibe with that. The thing is,
3: that's not, so this is interesting. You know, reading John McWhorter's book, right? He's very, he's obviously very hostile towards religion. It's very interesting. And what struck me as I was reading was like, he kind of believes religion to be like the Spanish Inquisition or the Crusades version of religion, which of course was terrible, right? And I hope, I hope no one disputes (laughs) this, right? But that's not the entirety of Christianity or, or frankly, you know, any one of these faiths that, that, you know, people seek redemption through or enlightenment through. It's just, you know, it's, it's also, it's, I suppose the human reality of these religions, right? That where, where things can go when things go really bad.
6: I think a better way to look at religion and people look at the Catholic Church and they're like, holy cow, this is full of terrible things that happen and you cannot contest that. That is true. But it might be wiser to look at that and say something along the lines of, wow, people are really screwed up and they'll use any kind of cover to get what they want, whether it's politics or argumentation or religion. They do. Um, and the basic ten- one of the basic tenets of Christianity is that people are incredibly deeply flawed and thereby need some form of salvation in the in the form of Jesus, obviously. So I don't know. Maybe we're kind of looking at it backward, looking at the bad things that's done. Maybe it's our misunderstanding of human nature.
1: We've got some super chats that I think are in Polish. Oh boy, I can't read <laughs> it. <Locked> <laughs> it. <laughs> I, 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 I want to would love to. I'd can, love you to. That? can you read that? I can't read it. Wait, wait, wait,
3: wait. Any way to make it bigger?
1: Um,
3: it I can. You want me to walk up there?
1: Let me see if I can just do this. Mm-hmm. Is that going to work? I think it's working.
3: Oh, wait, wait, Canada. I see something about. Okay, wait. I my people, take się of your about Canada? is that what it is? what does that mean well, I th- we it, can't help you I'm sorry <laughs> it's <laughs>
4: love from Canada yeah here are my
3: people love from Canada that middle part I mean would mean like you know kind of like take care of yourself oh, oh, like yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: we've had people post Polish stuff before but I can't read it nope. so it looks like I don't know what you're saying
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's nice seeing you
4: try though yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> funny.
4: I keep I keep like oh I don't know keep I, going I, Tim I yeah but it, yeah. I, I read it
1: with English phonetics it's so great. it's just way off Um, the funny thing is when I was in Ukraine, there was a bunch of Cyrillic and, uh, we were, we were walking into this area with my friend and there was a sign, a big banner. And I was like, so what does that say? And she was like, it's English. And I was like, that's not English. And she goes, yes, it is. It's just the Cyrillic alphabet. And I was like, really? And she's like, yeah, it's written in English. And then when she explained to me the sounds of the Cyrillic letters, I was like, wow, it said like international business festival or something. And it was literally English, hmm. It's crazy, weird Deird- stuff. Backwards R,
6: ah, circle with they. line in it. That's not right.
1: Damn right. <laughs> What's up, says Tim. You should watch how woke the game awards are. They're pushing propaganda, normalizing things, and making gaming culture woke trash. Hmm. You should focus on this more. Millions of uninitiated watch it. Um, we have pop culture crisis for that yes. reason. To talk about video games and not to be super overt on politics. Just to be like, why can't I play a video game? You know what I mean? But I will say something. I just watched The Order on Netflix. They canceled it, which is a bummer. wasn't the best show in the world. But the villain in the second season is literally a communist. And I'm not saying figuratively. I mean, quite literally, they go to this guy's house and they find Stalin books and, like, Marx. And his idea is, like, the the show is about a secret society with magic. And they, like, they control it. And his idea is that everyone should be allowed to do magic. This other woman who works with them believes that there is a magic incantation which can free magic users of sacrifice, meaning everyone would have free magic and just be able to make whatever they want happen whenever they want. And the woman who leads the group, the order, says, if it were possible, don't you think people would have done it by now? People have tried, but a world of free things just doesn't matter. Either you pay now or you pay later. And I was like, they're not talking about magic. They're talking about you know, like capitalism and communism. The woman was overtly a communist, though. They called her she calls her groups her her group Praxis. I thought it was funny and I tweeted it and and then the leftists were like, but I don't want politics in my my TV shows. And I was like, Yeah, I I totally get that. That's why I think it's funny. Because now you guys are are, you know, angry because they're making fun of communists. Like, yeah, I'd rather just watch a show where a werewolf fights a vampire or something, I guess. I don't know. But I thought it was cool. They canceled it anyway. All right, let's see where we are at. We've got a bunch of super chats here um let's see people are talking about steroids and sperm counts all right mark s says normally i don't like some of ian's questions but today's super a super is for ian finally making sense for your information if you like romance of the three kingdoms check out the warring states in japan 1550
5: yeah is that like Odo nobunaga and uh, Tokugawa Shogunate rise to power. I think that oh, happened during man. the Warring States period. I, I saw this really, like really
1: great documentary about you know the, the late 1800s in Japan. It was called The Last Samurai. Oh,
5: mm-hmm. oh yeah. I good think um, yeah. Tom Cruise. a good movie, but I'm kidding.
1: I still like the movie. No, actually, great film. I actually did watch a really great documentary where it showed like the warring factions, the clans in Japan. Yeah. And I was like
5: bloody that yeah, was a real the sengoku period sengoku jidai that's what
1: it's dip <laughs> uh, says i heard you were having colin moriarty at no taxation on is this happening in january because of everything going on uh did we didn't announce that though did we
6: we did not announce that that's oh, kind of so, interesting i wonder if he mentioned it um we are going to have him on uh sometime in the first quarter according to him so we'll make it happen yeah no worries
1: yeah, we were um, because we moved everything around with the yeah, Austin trip. Had to
6: reschedule.
1: Seriously, JK says props to Ian for asking a great question and making a solid and cogent point. Mm-hmm. It's always refreshing and partially redeeming for himself to see that. Go, Ian. That's, see you tomorrow. The though. S- second
5: super chat that said, "But I don't know what they're talking about." <laughs> 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 he, he's already forgot. <laughs> what the heck?
1: <laughs> classic, Kustos. classic Ian. Videosis says, Tim, search Brave's extension store for return YouTube dislike. Enjoy. I don't care about seeing the dislike button um, because I already know. Removing the dislike button stops people from when they see CNN from realizing everybody hates them. Mm. That's why they do it. And Joe Biden. Yeah. They put CNN on the front page and MSNBC and, and ABC, and they're always downvoted, thumbs down to oblivion. And Lord Fauci as well. And Lord Fauci. But now they got rid of it, so you can't see it. So, so crusty and pathetic mind you did you guys see that um rumble threatened a legal action against odyssey yeah yeah but i didn't
5: get the whole context i don't know what odyssey did so odyssey
1: tweeted that rumble was misleading its investors and using bots which that's a bold accusation to be completely honest you better have proof they're using bots but they used analytics that showed that rumble's average like watch time was a minute and a half or something and odyssey's was seven minutes and a half uh, seven minutes or whatever something like that and the bounce rate was was like I don't know some stats like that and the reason to say people aren't really it, it doesn't add up that people aren't really watching the videos and they said it was bots and you know they're lying to investors to make money or whatever and then Rumble sent them a letter saying that's not true those are wrong stats you're including embedded video players outside of the Rumble website acting like it's the Rumble website and then they said sue me go ahead like mm. I dare you show the world who you really are and I'm just kind of like I don't I don't know why Odyssey tweeted that like, yeah, that
5: seems kind of weird. Like
1: we've complained about Rumble, but like only in like a philosophical context of where we think the future should go, and we've still complimented the fact that there's competition. Yeah, in the Yeah,
5: no, no legal issues with what's going on with Rumbles. Yeah, just on, on the up up, and up. But like, to so look at a bunch of evidence and then assume a conclusion is super dangerous. To, wait, wait, especially
1: to look at a bunch of evidence and assume a conclusion. And, and assume a conclusion, like no, say, to do. The, yeah, here's possible. the yeah. evidence. To
5: do. This is no, no. They they can't claim you're, you're, that there are botnets because you're of the evidence.
1: To have no evidence and assert a truth. Well, to, to have Statistics a list, to have some evidence of bots
5: and claim a truth is It would be dangerous. like
1: looking at a blue flower and then claiming it rained yesterday. You're like, well, I mean, there's a flower and sometimes it rains, but it doesn't prove anything. Just because Rumble's stats were low in whatever metric they use doesn't prove bots are being used at all. So to look at stats and say, aha, bots, you're like, that's not evidence of bots. It's evidence of people not watching for a long time.
5: Right, yeah, to use that evidence of of Incongruencies
3: uh, and the why are spots. they fighting in the first place? I mean, what, like, what's, what's the, 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 it feels like there's like a kind of a wide open space here, you know, at the, well, at the moment.
1: I, I have concerns about a big, uh, a company like Rumble. Rallying everybody onto their platform and then going public and making tons of money and 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 I feel that there's a risk of exploitation that ultimately Mm. results in more censorship because it's hyper because now it's it's public and anyone can buy in and of course public investors would revolt and make demands and then you lose control even if you have controlling shares but uh, at the same time I'm like well any competition is better than nothing I just think it's good that they did what they did fine we need to make our own thing. I, I i wouldn't accuse them of doing anything like illicit or it's illegal. super important that people it's don't pile business. on rumble
5: right now I, i've seen people in comments are like yeah down with rumble f rumble I'm like no man come on we Rumble's use like, rumble yeah Rumble's what? Legit. <laughs> why why <laughs>
3: would you do that? i mean you know it's pretty clear there are some you know very very questionable actors out there and i you might want to look at those first right
1: it's tough, man. My, they're, they're, like, when I complain about Rumble, it's basically because I fear that what they're doing is not the direction towards solving the problem of, of censorship. But at the same time, it's like a major net positive that Rumble locals and all this stuff is happening because it competes with Silicon Valley. But, but wait, it's how, big but, different to come out and accuse them of malfeasance. You but know
3: but how, I mean? how, and how does it, what, what is it with the censorship? Like, how does it not help?
1: Going public opens them oh. up to mm-hmm. these big institutional investors. So first of all, um, Rumble, Effectively sells merges with a company run by an institutional investment firm. Mm. Now you've got the institutional interests. They go public through the SPAC. Then you know, as Ian pointed out, you get Vanguard, State Street, BlackRock. They buy in. Then, then as much as you think having controlling shares means they can't influence you, is just not true. Mm. When they control enough, they can put pressure on you in ways you can't imagine. Yeah. And then eventually they're like, okay, well, it, actually, it's it's like Steve Bannon said. He was like, someone's gonna come to you and offer you $200 million. You're saying this to me. And then they're gonna say, we're gonna give you $200 million to expand this and make a big show by your own cable network. Our only suggestion is, you know, maybe get rid of Luke. He's a little too edgy for us. <laughs> That's the game they play, right? Cause like, you know, Luke is, is as outspoken. Edgelord. Edgelord. Whatever. And so, I have the same view of what Rumble is doing. They get this big money from an institutional firm. How long until they say, Look, of course, we don't want to interfere. You know, I think it's great that you're this neutral network that's attracted so many people. But, you know, you've got this one guy who uses the platform, and he's putting us at big risk. Look, you don't got to ban everybody. And it's not, a, it's not like we're saying change the rules. We're just saying maybe you shouldn't allow this one guy. And then they'll be like, well, you know, they did give us $400 million. So they start censoring people. Mm. What we're working on is decentralized technology so that you control it 100%. So you can't ban yourself unless you want to, I guess. You just delete your server. And then you have control of everything. So... But it's, you know, it is what it is. All right. Jacob Jones says, Ian, watch real crusades history here on YouTube to get the full crusades context. And that's where you're and that's where you're screwing up is context and a pop culture understanding of crusades history.
5: Interesting. Well, thank you for the real crusades history.
1: All right. Let's see. Daniel Hansen says, you mentioned my mom sometimes when you talk about the cafe owner who was arrested across the Minnesota border in Iowa in court this week, and judge told her she can't argue the constitutionality of the executive orders to jury. This is tyranny. Wow, man. Ooh, yikes. We do. Yeah, because um, I don't think she did anything wrong by trying to survive in an economy where executive decree violates the constitution. And um, you know what? I can't give you any legal advice, but uh I would just argue it. I'd quite literally bring it up. And then what's the judge going to say? I'll hold you in contempt. I'll be like, Yo, man, you can either stick to the Constitution and allow me to explain the Constitution, or you can say the jury does not have the right to know the Constitution, and you can lock me up for however long you think you need to. But I'll keep saying it. No matter how many times you have a trial, I will say the American Constitution. And then what? I don't know. Lock me up. Sure, I guess. That's crazy, man. Sorry to hear. All right. Let's see what we got. Aaron Kohler says, I am from Waukesha. This Jesse Smollett type of mind crime has caused us real physical harm. Mm. That's true, man. Yeah. Alex Better says, you can go to Europe unvaxxed if you're a refugee. Mm. Uh, Quote, unquote. Indeed. Yep. Flawedzilla says, where do you get your beanies? Uh, I think like Active Ride Shop or CCS, skate shops, skate beanies.
3: By the way, did you know we call those toques in Canada? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Beanie. Like, how is that a beanie? Beanie? Anyway, okay. It's
6: like a bean. It's like a bean. I don't know.
1: That's just a word for a
6: hat. Toque
1: all right let's see we'll grab uh we'll grab a we'll grab a couple more here oh this one's i i gotta read this one sept septetrian tentrion says chip companies selling air really grinds my gears mm. mm-hmm. but you see what happens is they have the bag the machine oh, sprays yeah. all the chips and it fills up to the top and then in shipping it shakes and they all start rustling down and compressing mm-hmm. that's just the way it works
6: it's for cu- insulin pushing right Pelling
1: no 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 air? it's just that oh, when the chips are all cushion. laid on top of each other there's a lot of Excess space when they seal it up and it bounces around in shipping, all of the chips start compressing and sinking yeah. to the bottom.
3: And especially when they break, yeah, and that's terrible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. that was for packing. Yep.
1: Know. All right. Home B says, "Here's ten dollars to support the chickens. Go buy raspberries; yes. they are delicious this year, all right. uh, nice. and the chickens love it. They love." Uh, eating, the, eating the berries yeah, oh yeah. Stuff, yeah we got to get the chicken city camera set up but yeah. ben ben was missing for a while but we found him so <laughs> yeah. we're all good all right. yes. yeah we, we put up the vlog to, uh today because ben was missing but i guess they they, they ended up figuring out where when he was gone for a few days and people were freaking out there's like yeah, missing person pretty reports easily. Yeah. pretty easily
6: you no know, he texted back like
1: yeah after know. four days <laughs> yeah. people were like he did vanish our tech guy's gone <laughs> missing we have no idea oh, where he's, I mean... but he's all right so we're good we're good we're good And now we'll get Chicken City set up. So, uh all right everybody, go to Timcast.com. That website is where there will be a all of the members only content and segments. There's a huge library of it. You can click it, become a member, help support our work. We're hiring more journalists, the more you guys sign, just more and more and more. And we're building a big facility. We're getting a quote on a new big corporate headquarters because we're building our own building. This is crazy. We're expanding like crazy. And we are going to hire a ton of people and it's gonna be nuts. And then maybe in 10, 15 years, I shouldn't say maybe, in 10 years, we will be a massive international news organization and I will be like 80 years old equivalent because I'll just be worked in the bone too much. <laughs> but again, support our work at TimCast.com. Smash that like button. Subscribe to this channel. Follow us at TimCast IRL basically everywhere. You can follow me personally at TimCast. Uh, you want to shout anything out, Jan?
3: Uh, well, uh, you know, epochtv.com, check out the American Thought Leaders programs. Uh, you know, like I said, we, we cover all sorts of a range of, uh, you know, interesting guests. And I think it's a bit like the deep dive format that you mentioned that you do in, uh, you know, in then the members only, only section. Um, and also, you know, I actually, I have a, uh, a Holocaust documentary that I produced with my wife Our father. My father-in-law is a Holocaust survivor, and mm-hmm. he's just this amazing man. So we actually produced something that's an optimistic Holocaust documentary. It's called Finding Manny, findingmanny.com. You can check it out there. Um, and uh, actually it's still in the film festival circuit. So we'll be, we'll be uh, putting up there where, where it'll be showing next. And, uh, you know, Twitter, of course, at Jan Yekelik. J-A-N-J-E-K-I-E-L-E-K.
4: Yeah, uh, well, my family also had to deal with uh, pretty much the same thing. But Jan, it was zayabistja to have you on.
3: <laughs> Zayabistja—that's a great word. That's what a great. That I haven't heard What's that in a while. Yeah. Oh man, that's just. It, Frickin' A. It's
4: one of my favorite terms. But uh, as you can see, I have my own Matrix t-shirt on today. And I actually did a video on the fourth movie that's coming out soon on LukeUncensored.com. That was very interesting. I think you guys would like it a lot. And I have my own YouTube channel. It's We Are Changed. So I hope to see some of you guys there. And uh, thanks for having me. I love that shirt, Luke. They yeah, the great, great Resist. Shirt. That's a good shirt. Yeah, yeah they will own
5: one. nobody, and they will be unhappy. The, the Great Resist. <laughs> uh, uh, hey, thanks for coming, everyone. I'm Ian Crossland. Check me out at iancrossland.net and get in touch with my socials. Contact me through there, and I will
1: see you all later.
6: Thank you guys all for tuning in as we talk with Jan, and enjoy the company of our Polish gentlemen. You guys may follow me on Twitter, at Sarah Patchlets.
1: Thanks for hanging out, everybody. We will see all of you at TimCast.com for the member segment. Again, thanks for hanging out.
0: Actually, a lot. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com. That's chumbacasino.com.
2: No purchase necessary. BDW for avoid prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.